back to another episode of the City Goose Podcast. Um, we have a very special guest today, a very big guest, like literally huge, huge guy. Um, he's an act, uh, he's a failed actor, a failed actor. Um, failed actor. Uh-huh. Some, some haters might say, and um, <laughs> also voted the the buffest man on Instagram or person. Yeah. Right, and he's also the hater humiliator. Uh, hello, Mark Carley. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Quack, quack, motherfucker. We having a silly goose good time. Fuck yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's the energy that I need to have right now. Like yeah. I, like I said, man, I took that alpha brain. I was fucking ready. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel like, uh, what's his name? From Limitless. That's literally <laughs> what I thought I was going to, yeah. <laughs> no, but, I've never uh, taken alpha brain. Do you like it? Dude, I've, I've been doing the instant packages. Mm-hmm. The uh, the one where you just mix in the water, and I I really do like them. I actually feel that compared to the to the pills, you know the uh-huh. the other supplement. I never felt anything with that, man. But I okay, actually, but this alpha brain, the little packets, they're pretty good. Nice. I want to check that. You've never taken them before? No, I usually just take green tea pills for energy. Um, it's just a like you know pretty cheap. Okay. Per per serving, I get them from Costco. Yeah, it's old school. People are always like. What kind of pre-workout do you take? Yeah. Now I get some stuff sent to me, but just as far as like a cost per serving, I'll get these green tea extract pills from Costco, pop a couple of those before my workout and, you know, does the trick. Okay. Nice. Nice. So you don't take anything crazy for for like energy and all that, like no pre-workout or anything? I I will sometimes. It's just like, you know, they pack a lot of the pre-workout with like, for example, like niacin will make you itch and kind of like, you know, like it makes you feel kind of like. Oh yeah, like, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Itching. So I'm not a huge fan of like, you know, even needing stuff. Now, if I'm going to do something like maybe like talking, I want to be more energized, like on mm-hmm. a podcast. But as far as working out goes, I also kind of have this philosophy of you don't need to be totally amped up. I'd rather just no. go and do it and be calm about it. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. Then what? Next time you need to be like, you know, take two scoops or three scoops or. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to build up a tolerance and kind of rely. It's like this idea of relying on, you know, inspiration and motivation rather than the habit. And with working out, I'm just fortunate enough that I have built a habit where I don't think that much about it. And uh-huh. I don't, my workout isn't dependent on me being hyped up. Like I can just go to the gym mm-hmm. and envision what I'm going to do. Okay. I know that's bragging, like, you know, I just go with that envision what I want to do. <laughs> but, it is, and that's kind of what gets me up is just picturing myself doing the list that I want to do with good mm-hmm. form. And then while actually doing it, you kind of, you're hyping yourself up. I mean, you get in the pump. Right, yeah. So it, to me, it's more, I would rather sort of visualize and go through my checklist of things and execute a really good, for example, like a deadlift. Like that's probably the thing out of anything I do where it's like, mm. You know, I'm lifting something heavy. Things can go wrong. You know, I may or may not get it, you know, if I'm trying to go over 500 pounds. or, um, But, you know, at the same time, if I kind of put myself in that mental space of like, <gasps> like, to me, there's a chance that I'm going to like. You're going to fuck something up. Yeah, miss yeah. a cue mm-hmm. and, and try to, you know, use too much brute strength rather than putting myself in a really strong position mm-hmm. by going through my checklist um, of cues in more of a calm fashion, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's just what works for me. But I think, a, like, you know, it's a surprisingly common question that guys are like, what's your pre-workout? What's yeah. your pre-workout? pre-workout? And I'm like, 
I'll answer that, but let me ask you before I do answer it, like, are you getting enough protein? Are you getting enough rest? Are you covering all these other bases? Because pre-workout to me would be like the seventh thing down the line. Exactly. So it's cool and everything, but like pre-workout isn't going to drive your games. Yeah. Dude, I I mean, it makes sense because for me, whenever I've done the pre-workout, I do it just to get my ass in the gym. You know, I like, right. just, I, I'll yeah. take the Maybe shit. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take the shit. you should say that, you know. Exactly. Like, don't do it every day because then it's going to feel like normal. And then what do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, totally, man. Hey, yeah. I had a quick question, though. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are, are wondering this, but what the fuck happened to Malik, bro? Oh. <laughs> It like did it really get like into the legal matters and shit? Um, I mean, if you don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be as diplomatic as possible and try to not like say anything that you know because Brendan Chappelle's manner of handling it has been to like not talk about it because I think that you know and again, like Alec was always cool to me mm-hmm. a couple times. Um, I would say this, I watched him, you know, it was a little hard watching him go on some of these podcasts uh-huh. and, you know, misrepresent the situation. Uh-huh. There wasn't any legal issues involved. It was a matter of, um, you know, uh, he had some grievances, I believe with Brendan mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I was there when it all went down, and to me, it was all caused by Malik. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a matter of, like, you know, for, let me dispel some theories. It wasn't a matter of, like, Malik correcting Brendan on something, which mm-hmm. somebody posited. He was going on a lot of um, podcasts stating things like, you know, it was a toxic work environment, and then... They were laughing about me. Like, there's there's a lot of things I can go into, but let me just suffice and say. No, I can imagine. He put himself in that position um, by not cooperating. Brendan and asked him to do something. He didn't want to do it or made a demand. Like, I mm. think he was supposed to sign, you know, an NDA, which everybody does if you're working for Brendan. Mm. Um, just a basic document that was like, you know, everybody, if, if you're in entertainment, for example, I sign NDAs all the time. Exactly. You know, um, it's just not a big deal and my understanding was didn't want to do that came back with some demands that really kind of you know at the end of the day uh disrespected brendan because brendan is somebody who put a lot of money in his pocket during the pandemic he employed mm-hmm. him he brought him on tour and um to me it was a, it was a classic case of biting the hand that feeds you and yeah. just not being grateful for the position that he's in and maybe acting like, you know, it was his podcast when it's really mm-hmm. not. And, um, you know, and, and that would have been fine. I think Brendan set him up to, you know, they said he's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Like after you had this falling out behind the scenes, um, you know, Brendan set him up to say, uh, you know, he, he's got his own podcast. You should check that out. Yeah. And, do you, do you think it, he didn't stop there? He went on these shows and tried to badmouth Brendan and I would watch these, but he wasn't really saying anything. You know, yeah. you could see him in circles and he couldn't get a sentence out edgewise. Mm-hmm. As if he were to be honest about the circumstances that led to his firing, it would be embarrassing for him because yeah. it would reveal that he brought it upon himself. And so mm-hmm. even some people who 
you know, had had, had him on their show, um, you know, somebody Chappelle told me somebody recently apologized to him. They're like, hey, my bad. Like, I should have jumped to this conclusion, but I had now. Um, you know, he can't tell you the narrative because, you know, and, and I'm I'm very careful about what I'm saying because it's not really my position to put no, it out. Approach has been, you know, hey, we don't need to talk about it. But mm-hmm. as you can see, if somebody is going out of their way to like badmouth somebody like Brendan, who all Brendan did was give him an opportunity. Yeah, I know that. Definitely. All that man. Seen Brendan do for people has been giving people opportunities, putting money in their pocket, paying them. Giving them more so much exposure. Right. And so I think that, that certain people, if you're naive about the way that the entertainment world works, like if you've only been doing comedy for a few years or, you know, if you've only been in the entertainment world for a few years, um, there's a tendency to act entitled, you know, to like a certain amount of money or a certain position and, and not realize that like there's, you know, a dozen comedians that would kill for the position you're in to be a paid, you know, co-host of a podcast and... I just think the way that, that he was acting in response to some, you know, basic requests mm-hmm. on Brendan's end revealed that he was behaving in a, you know, he, his mindset was that of entitlement and ego. And I think that's the okay. story is the time, you know, that. Do you, do you think, it, do you think it has to do with, with um, him being like younger than, than, uh, than the other guys, you know, he's like what, 28 years old and, I mean, I do think that's part of it, you know, um, maturity. Yeah. And I don't know. Cause I don't like, again, I don't want to speak too much of somebody's uh-huh. life experience, but it's like, here's something that you can say about the opposite. If you grew up and like, you know, you work manual labor jobs and, and you've experienced these circumstances of like, you know, working sort of a normal nine to five before you get like paid to be on a podcast, like, mm-hmm. You would hold on to that position. Oh no, definitely, man. That's huge. You, know, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't. You wouldn't say like, "Why well, I, I need to be paid more," and you know, or whatever. You like, there's just a right and wrong approach, and and I've just seen this a lot of in a lot of instances in entertainment where people, um, they get a little money, they get a little position, they get a little notoriety, pretty much. Yeah, and they they quickly become entitled. So it's not like unique to this situation. I've yeah. just seen it many times where a little bit of exposure can go to people's heads. And if they're not prepared for that, because they haven't been through this experience to kind of like put things in perspective, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're making a living off of podcasting and stand up, like, dude, that's the dream. You know, yeah, right. Exactly. The dream. So you just don't realize that like, you know, so many comics, drive Uber, deliver food, or mm-hmm. substitute teachers. They, there's so many different hustles yeah. just to get on stage and get that free time. And, and podcasters, too, like, you know, everybody's, the, the dream is to, to you know, you're working your nine-to-five, and then you're you're doing this and trying to, to build that following. And um, I just think if you don't have a perspective on that, yeah. you're going to take it for granted and overplay your position. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? And that's just, I'm speaking in general terms. It does apply to this situation, but... In general terms, I've seen that many times in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, people people overestimating their own value, and it only leads to destruction and burning bridges. Because if your ego's out of check, um, you don't have a realistic assessment of yourself. You know, so you don't understand yeah. your own value, and it's hard for you to negotiate. And also, 
Um, you're going to be angry at anybody who tries to tell you the truth about yourself because you're going to perceive it as criticism, you know, and that's kind of like part of my joke of like the haters will say is part of that's like a character. Everybody, uh, like if you think everybody's a hater, that's kind of the joke is like, well, yeah, your I love like, that shit. <laughs> if you don't get it, you're a fucking hater, you know, pretty much. And people, it's funny, yeah, people don't get it. Like somebody was fucking... You know, on my page, it it happens less and less, but people still come to my page and like it's like, uh, bro, oh, you don't, oh, you don't get the joke, dude. Like, you know, you went hard on, on some of those motherfuckers for like a while. You know, you were yeah. just fucking blasting them. Yeah, and, like, and also it's because of them, like these guys who came over from Reddit. Like the moment I appeared on the fighter and the kid, they thought that I started the haters will say joke in response uh, to that. It's like. Oh. I was really doing it as a joke, like just randomly. Yeah. I like I thought it was funny to just say haters will say when I had no haters, uh-huh. and then you start hating on me, and you're like, the haters will say things so stupid. <laughs> like, the reason you have haters is because it's like no, no, no. Like you're getting mad at a joke that was about you before you even came to my page. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're like filling this gap of like I was making up haters, and now you're like actually now, being a hater. Now you are one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't understand any of that shit, man. Like, the whole hater thing. Like, why bother going into somebody's page just to to, to give that negativity, you know? Yeah. Instinct I don't have, although, like, you know, I can think back to times in my life when I like to argue more online about politics or different things. And I just think about, like, like now if somebody comes to my page, actually, like, I try to make content out of yeah. it, you know? Like, I try to make stuff like No, it's hilarious. Funny. You're right. So it's like, it's but I don't, I don't inherently enjoy arguing with people because it's just not, it's not fun if it's just between me and you. Cause I'm not, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, I'm not going to win that person over. Sometimes you do like, sometimes I will call people out, but I try to keep it focused on like, as you're saying, like, why are you here? Like, yeah. like, I'm not going to try to go to your page and be like, well, you like, unless they're like, they'll make fun of how I look. And then yeah. I'll be like, I just went to your page and look how you look. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they, That's they, what, Gonna, you know, I'm not just going to go, like, have a free-for-all talking shit. Usually I can keep it focused on, uh-huh. like, the idea of, like, you came to my page. Like, what is going on in your head that you felt compelled? And they usually have, like, three followers and no no profile picture. A lot right. of them. It's something like that. It's like, you know, it's, it, it is – it just fits so many classic things. It's like, do you realize you're a cliche. Yeah. You're talking shit to me anonymously on the internet mm-hmm. you don't have the balls at least i put myself out there you can you can say whatever you want about my appearance because i put my own pictures out there yeah. and if i had any shame about my appearance like then i wouldn't do that you know mm-hmm. but, but thinking that you're going to come and like make fun of the color of my hair and it's going to like be something that i'm sensitive about like you just you know it also reveals your stupidity because yeah. you know like there are ways to hurt my feelings, but you're just not getting at them. <laughs> yeah, and as as soon as they get a reply from you, they're like, "Oh, I must have hit a trigger or some shit," you know? Right. Like, no, but I'm just like <laughs> I mean, it, another funny line of, of um, you know, attack that they'll use is like, "Oh yeah, because you like, oh yeah, you're such a celebrity, but you're responding to me," and I'm like, "I never said I was a celebrity." Yeah. Like looking at my notifications. He said that. <laughs> They say yeah, yeah. So I didn't say that. I I do try to interact with everybody. I am on Instagram, and and you know most of the things that I get is positive. So if I see somebody talking shit, it's not like like I have a million followers, you know, and I'm having somebody like not yet, like, like right, you know. But at this point, it's like you're you're projecting onto me that I have never said that I was a celebrity. Uh-huh. So you're trying to insult me by saying I'm not a celebrity, but I didn't say I was a celebrity. 
you know. So yeah. it's always just, as I always say, projection is the answer to so many of these questions when you start asking, like, why are you doing this? Or why are you saying that? It's always people kind of projecting their own thoughts mm-hmm. on their own insecurities. Yeah. And as cliche as it is, because we always say, oh, that person, but they really are because yeah. you're, you're revealing what you think because I, I go, I didn't say that. You uh, made that up in your head. Uh, and yeah. you're telling me, you know, mm-hmm. um, like somebody just commented on my shit. They're like, oh, it's so fucking ridiculous that you, that you claim to be natural. I'm like, <laughs> I never claim to be natural. Yeah. You know I mean? like, <laughs> and I, I'm like, show me where I ever did that. Like, yeah. and, but it's like, I can be open about that and, you know, and take that away from people. Uh-huh. But still people are coming to my page like, attacking me as if I said that. And it's like, you literally invented that in your head uh, and, and came to my to download your fantasies onto me. I don't know. Yeah, dude, Maybe there's something about you that, that just, they just fucking love, man, that attracts them to you, you know? They're there because they like something about you. They feel so goddamn insecure. Yeah. So they're like, instead of giving you a compliment, they're like, oh, no, let me be funny and talk some shit. Right, yeah. And, and no, it's funny because you're... you're Podcast is the Silly Goose podcast, and uh-huh. I always feel like part of my energy is silliness. You know, there's yeah. a lot of things I love to discuss in a serious way, but, like, at the end of the day, I do think a vibe of my page and, like, uh-huh. me and my friends, like, there's just this, like, I'm okay being silly as an adult and as a man and, like, and having long hair. And, like, I love it. Certain, I don't give a fuck. Exactly. You know, you can't, but you can, then you're trying to attack me as if I'm posturing as though I'm really cool. And it's uh-huh. like, but I'm the guy. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude, just look at your Right. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I assume with the name, like silly goose podcast, like you gravitate towards that and you're like, yeah, it's okay to have fun and, and be oh, silly yeah. and posture as if you're some tough, cool guy all the time. Exactly. Which is, you know, to Dude, me, I'm um, 31 years old, and sometimes I I can't even believe that. You know, I feel like I'm fucking 15 still with the stupid ass thoughts that I have. You know, right? Like, so yeah, and I'm just committed to like, you know, and some people do have this mindset of like, whether it's more internal or external. Meaning, like, maybe you have a job and like it is harder. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people like go to social media and go to stand up comedy shows because they they want to see people kind of behaving in a way that they can't. A lot of people can't post certain yeah. things. A lot of people can't say certain things mm-hmm. on a podcast, like, or talk about, you know, anabolic use or, oh, or yeah. even racial drug use, anything like that. It's very difficult for them because that could have consequences for their job mm-hmm. and their social circle yeah. and their community. And it's, you know, it's a blessing for me to be able to like be at a place where I'm open about it. And I think, like, I, I love that. That's awesome. You know, yeah. and, but not everybody can get that. Yeah. Not everybody can afford to like, kind of like embrace their inner like teenager or mm-hmm. immaturity, you know, in their thirties. But I hope it's something that I just hope I never lose. sight lose, of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. You feel just so stress-free, man, because like in, in the scheme of all things, like, like the shit that you stress about, it's like, you're going to get through it anyways, you know? So why, why you waste that energy stressing about it when you're going to overcome it, you're going to get through it no matter what it is. It might be a little bit tougher sometimes, but eventually you're going to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with um, <clears throat> people's perception of you, because I think there's so many things like I used to worry about, like, you know, uh, the way that I would be perceived or, or, or being open about certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like, 
you'd worry about people's judgment. So there's another like you know, it's another element of that of like don't don't worry about like living your truth because mm-hmm. like you're gonna get through it. Yeah. It's never as big of a deal as you, you think it is if you come out like and you and you you know what whatever that <clears throat> may be. Um you know, I think like even something like wanting to be an actor, you know what I mean? For yeah. a lot of people, you know, I still meet people who are like, "Oh man, I'm doing That's this, it. but I, what I really want to do is this," and and but I'm afraid of being judged or whatever. And it's like it's never as big as you think it is, mm. you know? It, it never um, is, man. Yeah, and, and like I said, you're gonna get through it, no matter what it is. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean that, that's how I like to live, man. So I, I was actually really surprised that. The, the name, the podcast name, what like wasn't taken, because uh, I I kind of got it from fucking Chris D'Elia, man. I fucking love D'Elia, man. He's yeah. one of my favorites. Um, yeah, and just he yeah. always talks about having a silly goose time, silly goose time. I'm like, dude, I'm laughing at all his dumb shit. So obviously, I'm a silly motherfucker. I'm immature as fuck, you know. So, yeah, yeah, but okay. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I love that too. I love that mentality of like. You know, he's whenever I watch his podcast, he's organically responding to things mm-hmm. and, you know, he's able to be in the moment. And yeah. I think that you have to, like, preserve some of that childlike mentality to, like, be in the moment and, like, respond to things and sort of with those fresh eyes, uh-huh. you know, of, of a child to keep your, your silliness. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And hey, you might not be a celebrity, say, but you were the uh, Marin County Athletic League heavyweight wrestling champ right <laughs> yes and i bring this is a, like as a fact like you know you may not know this but i was the Marin county athletically wrestling champ because <laughs> it's so nice time. yes i do know a little bit of wrestling but i like uh, to um you know use that as like a fake flex on people you know because i love when people like list off their like high school accomplishments you know uh, like oh i was old ego you know or um <laughs> how you know, impressed were the joke. guys what's that how impressed were the guys with, with your resume, man, for the fight companion? <laughs> Not at all, because I didn't bring it up. Um, or if I did, I'd only mention it as a joke, but like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's the type of joke that, you know. No, I get it, dude. It was funny as hell. Around those guys, it's like, you know, you're, t- you're, you're around these world champions, like, mm-hmm. you know, in high school. Um, <laughs> but some people are like that. Like, you get, you know, some people you're like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, nobody cares. Yeah. But they can't try to insert like their little accomplishments or kind of like inflate their accomplishments. Uh-huh. So that's another aspect of, of, you know, what I would consider silliness is like the fake brag, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, totally, man. The target of that joke is, is somebody who actually does that and expects people to be impressed by like, mm-hmm. you know, their, their middle school accolades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know? definitely, man. But, um, shit, dude. <clears throat> Uh, hold on. Okay. So we were talking about the whole Malik shit. And uh-huh. I was going to make a dumb joke about the boxing, uh, dumb boxing, you know, because everybody's boxing nowadays. But, uh-huh. uh, dude, did you see the new fight announcement that, w- that was announced today? The Tito and Anderson Silva fight? I did, yeah. I just saw that. That's pretty cool. Although I kind of almost would rather have seen Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva because... You know, my recollection is that Tito Ortiz was not that good of a boxer. Yeah, no, not at all. And yeah, that and was I, that was word that Logan might might have been in talks uh, to fight Silva. Yeah, 
Well, I thought that was a more interesting fight because honestly, it seems like Silva would piece up Tito. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, he's right off that that win um, with Chavez Junior, right? Yeah, and like you know, he's a legit world champion boxer. Yeah, um, he dominated a, a real fucking boxer. Yeah, so he's so, gonna destroy yeah. Tito, right? And how old is he? Is Tito in his late forties or late forties? Okay, For yeah, sure. they're about the same age, I think. Yeah, but I just feel like it's no comparison. You know, as far as like Anderson's yeah. his striking skill level, and his elusiveness, and you know, I'm not, I'm just not sure what Tito brings to the table. A, you know, a name, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as striking, mm-hmm. so yes, of course I'll tune in. I do like these celebrity matchups. You know, I'm really intrigued uh, by a lot of them. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, like you know, De La Hoya, Vitor Belfort. Yeah. yeah. One where you go, like, I have my idea of like. You know, you kind of go back and forth. You're like, well, you know, uh, uh, fucking Vitor Belfort is so big and powerful. Of course, he's going to dominate it. But then you're like, man, De La Hoya, like, you know, he's just got... It's in his blood, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, it never goes away. And then I saw him training, and I'm like, he actually does look pretty cool. So I guess it's a matter of, like, conditioning. I haven't haven't seen any clips of De La Hoya. He's he's looking pretty good? Good, man. I mean, it's just one of those things, as you said, where it's like you never lose it. You know what I mean? Like, your, your movement, there's just certain things that, like... It's come second nature, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how 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 quick or like at what speed they kind of played some side by side clips of V twelve L four versus um, De La Hoya. Yeah, De La Hoya, and like you know, De La Hoya looks faster, but yeah. it's just like as fast as you would expect. He doesn't look like he's like a like his prime because he always was really fast. Yeah, so it just looks like as you said, second nature. Like he could step in there and really like utilize his speed it'll be interesting to see how big they look next to each other it'll be oh, interesting yeah. you know you have to assume that Vitor is also going to take PEDs exactly you know are you going to as well like we don't know I think you, they you, should I think they fucking should both of them you know you just just fill them up with it just even yeah to get like you know the recovery that you're going to need for mm-hmm. all those workouts um, and to make it as good of a fight as possible but um, yeah, I'm intrigued because like when I go back and forth like that, it's like I'm creating this drama in my mind. Yeah. Like, you know, Vitor's going to win. No, De La Hoya's going to win. No, Vitor, you know. And then and, at the end of the day, you just have to see it unfold. Right. Yeah. So it's not an obvious answer to me. You know, I'll watch Silva versus uh, Ortiz, but to me, that's more of an obvious answer. Mm-hmm. I still will watch though. Um, now, another one that I'm very interested in is is the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight. Oh. That's like I go back and forth. I'm like, dude, of course he's gonna piece him up, but they're like, fucking Jake Paul, you know, he's he's, he's actually really he's looking good. Strong so. as fuck, man. Yeah, he, yeah, he's so. a strong fucking kid. I, dude, I think as much as we all would like to see Woodley win, but I, yeah. Jake is just pretty much sleeping, breathing, everything, boxing. You know, like he has all the money in the world where he can literally like the. Use all his energy into that, you know. So yeah, like, yeah, it's an interesting thing to like look at when you're past a certain point. Like that drive has to diminish at some point, right? When you're 40 and you're like, I've won five world titles. Like, I think in your own head, even you can kind of compartmentalize. Like, it's almost like when I first started acting. Like, if I had a job or I had an audition, like I would just spend so much more time like thinking about it, even mm-hmm. you know, and like just fixating on it. And now I can like, now not to say that I'm like, I do a worse job, but I like in my own head, I'm like, Oh, I'm compartmentalizing. Yeah. I can take 
six-hour audition process and, and turn it into 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of becomes casual. I wonder, like, now I'm, I have no doubt that Tyron's working his ass off, but you're kind of like, I don't think there's any way to avoid, like, that feeling of, like, I'm going through the motions versus, mm-hmm. like, Jake Paul can literally be learning and, like, just have that hunger and fire that I don't think you can have any other time with your twenties. Exactly. You know? um, and like Woody has nothing to prove, you know, he, he's done right, it yeah. And Jake, Jake Paul knows that this is this fork in the road for him mm. where if he beats Woodley, it opens up, you know, a progressive series of opportunities that, that could lead him to fighting some of the biggest names in the world of boxing. Tyron's mm. exactly. like, yeah, if I win, I'll get a lot of money and maybe fight again. Yeah. You know, he, he hasn't talked anything after that. Like all he talks about is it is his biggest payday and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And so, is there necessarily anything after that for him? I mean, I guess they could. Like the biggest thing he could probably have after it's a rematch, that right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, it, I know Brendan. Uh, he he keeps saying that. Um, well, I've heard him say a couple times that if Jake loses, like this whole um, this whole hype train b- behind a lot of these um, YouTube boxers, like. It can go away, you know, yeah. and I don't know, man, because Connor's coming up, coming off the losses, you know, back to back losses and yeah. uh, Jake Paul losing. It kind of makes him seem more more beatable, I guess, per, per se. So I think that would cause a little bit a, a little bit more intriguing kind of thing, like them both coming back from losses and seeing you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I would compartmentalize that into two different things. Number one, the idea that like, if Jake Paul loses, does it all go away? No, because people are going to still want to watch him fight. Exactly. Just like Connor, where, where him losing. Now, if Connor loses a couple more fights, then yeah. But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you can't take anything away from him losing to the number one contender in the world yeah. and Dustin Poirier. And, um, you know, so there obviously is still going to be interest. If he loses to Dustin and then loses to like a guy who's much lower in the rankings mm-hmm. than I do, that's probably the end of it, but like, I think you know, him and Tony should fight, and then obviously the Nate Diaz fight, and I mean that's yeah. those would be awesome fights to kind of. Did you see that? Um, uh, Dustin Poirier and him were going back and forth on Twitter and agreed to fight. Like oh, Dustin, yeah. Nathan? Question mark. And oh yeah, like, I, that happened today, uh, right? And you can kind of picture that happening because it's like, okay, he's not going to be able to fight. You got you know you got Charles. Um, uh, fighting for the title, right? Well, they're, and, they're supposed to fight in uh, oh, December, yeah. right? Charles and... Oh, no, you're right, you're right. Dustin so like, Oliveira, and then Gaethje's fighting uh, Chandler November. Gaethje's fighting Chandler, so yeah, like... So, Dustin... Well, I wonder if he meant, like, for afterwards or beforehand. Yeah, because that was a weird right? call-out, because he's yeah. supposed to be fighting for the title next, so... Yeah, but then, you know, with his with his streak of like, you know, deciding to fight Connor, it's mm-hmm. like, he's like, fuck it, man. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, he's trying to get that team. money. Yeah. Which you can't blame him. It's like, if it's a difference between he's getting a cut of these pay-per-views mm-hmm. you know, and it's a difference between making like, you know, three or $400,000 and $5 million. Man, that's you know, that's for the same exact difference, time. Man. And, and Nate's an easier fight in a lot of ways. Yeah. Than okay. Oliveira. Like makes all the sense in the world. Right. Yeah, you know, Oliveira's a tough match. I think yeah. he, he'll still get it done, but it's not an easy fight. Yeah, he looked really, really good against Chandler. Um, you know, Chandler almost put him away, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, I would think that 
Uh, Dude, I was so yeah. sad when when Oliveira dominated Tony the way he did. I was so fucking yeah. Sad, I know. Man. I'm a huge Tony fan. Yeah, same here. And it also like you know because it put that nail in the coffin for like mm. well, like, it kind of was like, when, when we when you know Gaethje beat him. It was like you know I mean I we wanted to see Tony versus Khabib. Five times was it? Five times, yeah, five times. Which is just absolutely insane, and we almost got it. And it was, you know, the April Fools' fucking trips over the wire, and, and yeah, and, you know, everybody thinks it's a joke. Like, Dana's was, like, he should have been wearing sunglasses or some shit like that. He was talking shit about his sunglasses. So, you know, it is it is sad because it's also a matter of like. You know, I don't think he like tuned up the things that he should have yeah. because you look at somebody like Gaethje, like Gaethje lost and like tuned up what he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, got better at striking, came back, made these adjustments. Like, didn't fight the same way, but I think Tony was kind of like leading his own camp and training in the style that he wanted to. You know, yeah. I think you have these certain whole, you know, moving forward and taking damage is only like Gaethje. Yeah. You know, but Gaethje made the adjustment to like stop fighting like that, but mm-hmm. you know. If you keep doing that, it's not going to end well for you. Um, the other thing I was going to say about Jake Paul and Conor McGregor, I think if Jake Paul wins another fight, <laughs> then actually, like, McGregor would be a more feasible option. Yeah. Because it would be such a big payday, you know? <laughs> like, And it's not an um, easy fight for Conor, I don't think. No, because he's big, and we see how Conor, like, you know... <laughs> How did he do best at the one forty five pound division? Yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's that's it. At that, and and he had some knockdowns against Nate Diaz, but like, you know, it was you know he's a bigger dude, he's taller, he had the reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but just another fight that you know a few months ago I would have been like Jake Paul Conor McGregor that'll never happen, and dude. all of a sudden, <laughs> actually it could happen. This is wild. Yeah, you whatever know. Jake first mentioned Connor, man, I was like, well, what the hell is he doing? Like, that's yeah, never going to happen. Right. No way. And then, you know, a few things happen. You're like, holy <laughs> shit. This yeah. is actually fucking, you know, and, and he made some offer, right? It was like 50 million bucks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, then he lost to, to Dustin the first time, and he was like, okay, 50. <laughs> 50K, right. that's it. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Um, you got to give him credit for that kind of like trolling and putting himself in position to mm. you know, actually have these fights. But I'm interested in it all, you know, and that's like, uh, you know, I buy into the drama of these matchups more than any other sport. I want to yeah. see these these bouts happen, and I'm just, you know, I'm but, a sucker. Dude, <laughs> no, I, I get it, dude. I'm I'm fucking balls deep into all of that. I, I'm pretty easy to convince to tune into some shit. But like yeah. right now, it's so sad how Connor is is just like talking shit and, and like it's so sad to see that, right? Like he's he yeah. seems to be playing like a, a version of himself. Yeah, because as I as you know, I brought up like ego issues before, and um, there's a few different things that I would tease out of you know my response to that because like for example, like Colby Covington just he made some statement that I partially agree with and I partially don't. He was like, you're mad about what he said, but like, we're about to get in a cage with, with underwear on and like beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. That kind of implies like, like 
two grown men who have agreed to fight each other is the same as like me insulting like your dead father and calling him like evil or something. Like, yeah. You know, like, like there's this idea of like, uh, you know, cause we're not, you know, and also with regards to what Connor's doing as far as attacking Habib, it's like, mm. you're not fighting each other. You know what I mean? Like there's no, it's not a fight buildup. Um, whereas you could kind of like make that argument, you know, and I think Chael Sonnen sort of made this argument that it's like, when Connor broke his ankle, like, he, he was masterful in, like, setting up his next job. And that's what Chael's always like. After you lose or after you have a fight, like, he's already, job, yeah, is set up your next fucking he's job. on that. And, and so he's, he basically framed it as, like, Connor's cutting a promo. Okay, yeah. I buy that. You know, even though it's, like, over the top, it's crazy. And, and during the press conference, even, there was a point where you were, Dustin was like, you used to be way better at this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a good life. Yeah, Um, it really is, man. It cut a lot deeper, and a lot of these things, like this, this, um, you know, you'll see these cuts of like Conor McGregor, like everything he says, like happens to him. He's like, "You're gonna leave on a stretcher." Yeah, oh yeah, I I saw that. I saw that shit, dude. (laughs) Because again, this is the dude. You know, we're probably both fans of Conor, right? Like, I got into MMA in like 2015. Like, I had not watched Uh him for years and years. I saw him fighting. I was like, "Oh, this guy's really interesting and compelling," and that like led me into. Kind of, about got, get back life. into it. Yeah. So he was like, you know, has a special place for me in MMA because, you know, he, he brought me back into the whole world where I wanted to know about everybody yeah. from all the classes. And I'm a huge fan of men's and women's, you know. He brought eyes from everywhere, man. Yes. Yeah. So it's not just like Conor McGregor fandom, you know, every time. Because every time I watch a pay-per-view, I'm, I'm finding out about new fighters. I yeah. get to be a fan of someone else. So. You know, you have to give him props for that and his fighting style. You can't take anything away from that, but kind of see the downfall. It's yeah. And what, do you think you can analyze it to the lens of like narcissism and ego? Because like he seems really bitter. He seems unable yeah. to like accept his loss and accept like um, you know the fact that he may be in decline. Mm-hmm. That, that he peaked and you know maybe peaked and he's not accepting it right yeah um against eddie alvarez right if you look back you're like what was his best performance ever eddie alvarez his one win in in the lightweight division right right um you know and and that's sort of like normal for like guys to you know athletically in the fight game you know peak around 30 like it wouldn't be too abnormal and especially like with the time off versus a guy like khabib where it's just like that was his whole life. Like he never stopped training. And that, so you, that's all he did. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well, if I'm in training camp, I'm doing this, but otherwise I'm on a yacht, like getting high and like drinking, like and talking just, shit to DC. Yeah. Like what, what the fuck is yeah. that about? Right. I saw that. And DC's <laughs> comebacks were great. Cause it's like, Hey man, don't focus on me. Like focus on the guys who guys were whooping your ass. Yeah. It's like, go win a fight, dude. Yeah. So, you know, if you're playing that heel character and you're losing, like mm-hmm. it becomes harder. You know what I mean? Like you become, less unassailable because you're like you're vulnerable you yeah. know you're, you're losing and you're not like the bad guy who just can't be stopped it's like all somebody has to do to to win in an exchange with you on twitter is be like you just got your ass kicked three yeah. fucking times in a row yeah you know dustin uh, kept shutting him up man like at the press conference it's, nobody really used to do that you know right? and he, yeah, he had the best comebacks mm-hmm 
So it's like yeah. on, on Instagram, he always tries to to portray like, oh, that he's doing great. Obviously, he he, he does have a luxurious luxurious luxury, God damn it, I don't, I can't get yeah. that fucking word out. But lifestyle. a luxurious life lifestyle, yeah. exactly. But um, obviously, deep inside, he's fucking hurting because he posted he was out drinking and all that, and that's whenever he started talking shit to 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 DC, you know. Right. Just like the, the the liquid courage came out and the feelings. Yeah, and, <laughs> oh, funny, and it's just become this cliche of like the tweet and delete shit. You know, oh, yeah. You're tweeting this wild stuff and then like deleting it. So I feel like to, to me, I would rather just like post like if I post some wild shit, I'm almost like, well, I'm keeping it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't want to like seem anymore like I I tweeted it and and regretted it or like thought it, you know, because it just kind of reveals like, ooh, you Who woke you up. Well, you write and, and somebody like you felt ashamed about it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? If that's how you really felt deep down inside, like you wouldn't feel ashamed about it. Yeah. You know, just if you stood by, like I almost respect somebody who will say some wild shit and just leave it up there. Yeah. Fuck it. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I would up like, to it, man. Yeah. So. But all right. Well, he was a huge rising star. And I think you're the next rising star, man, because like you fucking blew up. Like since the last time we fucking uh, uh, we messaged, I, I think you were on the Mega Man's podcast, and uh, uh-huh. that's whenever I reached out. But at the time, I think I had like an episode or two, and I was like, "Man, eventually, yeah. I, w- I would love to have him on," you know. And yeah. um, and um, dude, you fucking have blown up. And how how rich are you now, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I see you flying wow. everywhere, making commercials and shit, dude. Right, that's well, awesome. You know, it's always I'm always super grateful, like. You know, again, it's an attitude that I that I try to have, especially in this entertainment industry, knowing that like every uh, job could be your last. You know, yeah. I'm not entitled to anything. I'm not owed anything, and all I can do is um, come to each job, come to each audition, give my best, be professional. Um, you know, be the best actor I can be. And uh, I don't have yeah, to be an actor fortunate enough. To, you know, over a decade, and for a while, I was oh, doing shit. a lot of it for free. You know, I've, I've mm-hmm. put in my dues as well. Like, I started out doing, you know, before like Instagram sketches were a thing, I was doing sketches for this website, brevitytv.com, and we would get together every weekend and like crank out these sketches. So, if you if you want to look up like the Brevity TV YouTube, you know, page, uh-huh. you can see sketches from like 10 years ago. But oh, shit. with the short hair, huh? Right, exactly. Yeah, me just working <laughs> free, doing whatever, you know, I could to practice my acting skills on camera so that you can get a reel, so mm-hmm. that you can get an agent and you get a headshot, you know. So, um, yeah, man, that's just me saying, like, I feel like I've, I've put in my dues and, and built up, you know, my skill to the point where, yeah, some people do want to pay me, you know, for, <laughs> for, for what I do. And uh, it feels good, but I also, I never approach it like, like you know, that's why you, you let off. If people don't know that you're uh-huh. joking about failed actor thing it's a joke that i love to repeat because it's like you know i don't position myself as like some a-list actor yeah. i'm like failed actor. <laughs> like every job i get is, is a success to me and that's really the only person that i give a fuck about i don't need to be you know famous for anybody else and and i really just enjoy acting yeah and yeah and i'm, and I'm super grateful for any job that i get and it's still just as exciting to book a commercial or a show or a movie um, Dude, I don't. I don't think people know how huge, like the nationwide commercials, really are. Like that, that's a huge right. deal, right? Right. Yeah, that's another funny thing. Is like people be like, "Oh, you're a failed actor." I'm like, "Oh yeah, cool. Let me wipe my eyes with this residual check." That <laughs> exactly. <got from> yeah. 
NBA Finals. Um, so, yeah, that's it's really cool. Like you know, for that CDW commercial that I'm in or whatever, it's just you know, every time it plays, you get money. It's pretty cool. And, awesome. and also, I also really like how it came out. I think it's funny, and, and I you know, I'm getting more roles that like I am right for. You know, it's wow. funny like gladiator role, and, and I just. I love kind of figuring out like, okay, you know, people like to cast me like this yeah. and I can use my muscles or my long hair and do these certain types of characters. And your humor. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I love, you know, cause especially amongst like bigger dudes, like when they put out a casting call for like, if you've got to be over six feet tall and have muscles and vote, you know, there's not a million guys who fit that criteria who mm-hmm. can also do comedic acting. So, you know, part of acting is kind of figure out like, what's your type and, and how are you, what, what, group of, of, of types are you competitive within? Yeah. yeah. So um, I've just found that I'm competitive within that archetype of like, okay, you need like a barbarian or a bodybuilder or, you know, something like that, um, you know, that you can use your muscles and your size and, and do a little bit of physical comedy. And that's yeah. great. And I love being part of stuff like that because it's it's just fun to shoot and the product is fun. Yeah. yeah. Did did you try and uh, get cast in the Game of Thrones or anything like that? Have you like reached out to, to shit like that? No, I think you'd be perfect for that. Over, but like you know, I, they did a lot of that casting out of like London, from what I understand. Like mm-hmm. so, you know, to be like you know, unless you're like a lead in it, it's just tough because also it's like you know. Like people will hit me up for stuff and they're like, you should get on this show. It's like, but it's already like in season two, you know, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Hey, like, like there's some wrestling show now called heels on stars. And it's like kind of like a dark drama that follows, um, these wrestling characters, you know, like, mm-hmm. like a WWE type characters. Okay. My friends, you gotta call your agent and get on them. It's like, it's not really how it works. Like, <laughs> you know, like they have whoever they need. You know, maybe they're adding one more character, but like I would maybe get like like you'd maybe get an audition to do the character that came up. But like they have this idea of like you look just like the lead. Like you should play. I'm like, but he's the lead. Exactly. I don't, like, they already have a lead. Hey, swap me out for this guy. Like that's not how it works. You know. It's like oh, he he's my friend. He thinks I should have the lead, so give it to me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So my buddy. Yeah. My buddy, the show you, hey, you, go, go tell them what you told me go tell right, them what exactly. you told me it's just not how it works i would love it if that was the case yeah. my mom would just fucking call up you know <laughs> game of thrones or, or you know the, the producers of aquaman and tell them that i'm better than jason momoa yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not how it works you have to pay your dues and, and kind of build up to the point where you know but you know i'm happy where i'm at i'm, I'm you know just got another notice that i will might be in another episode of this Nickelodeon show that I shot a number of episodes last year, and that's really cool for me. Like it's that's a awesome. You know, you get to go and do a a week's worth of um, work where, like, you come in, you do a table read one day, you do like a um, blocking rehearsal the next day. Um, you know, you tighten everything up the next day, then you shoot on shoot on Thursday and Friday. So it's like a whole week where you kind of have like a yeah. chill schedule, but you're working through everything and kind of like finding the comedy with the whole cast, almost like it's a live play. You know, because mm-hmm. you got to like, like do everything live and have a bunch of cameras. And, you know, it's just shot a little bit differently than a single camera drama, okay. for example. And, and you like the, the process. Like, you get to come to deliver the lines and like, and kind of like workshop it bit by bit. So by the, mm-hmm. by the time you get to Thursday and Friday, the comedy is really sharp. Um, yeah. And it's just fun, you know, and then you, you get it in the can and, um, you know. It's, yeah. So you, you like the whole process and everything about it. Yes. You, you right. dig it. So, 
I'm always like in my, when I get a job like that and you're in your trailer going like, man, I'm making, you know, this many thousand bucks just to fucking <laughs> spend hours like delivering lines and chilling on my trailer and I can get whatever food. I, like it's mm-hmm. just, it's nothing huge. It's not like you're making a million bucks, but. But dude, like, if you can survive off that and you love doing yeah. that, like that's, that's the dream. Right? Yeah. I'm always grateful for it. And I always just like look at myself and just kind of pinch myself like, wow, like I have my own trailer, you know, it's like, really like cool you don't need, do you don't need a nine to five anymore. Like, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, and so I've, I've done, you know, and I've also put in my dues like doing, you know, odd jobs and, um, you know, or even doing extra work. What? Like when you do, when you do background work on a set, like what? you don't have a trailer. What, you know? What's the oddest job you've done, you think? Man, I've done a lot of stuff that was just like, I've worked in warehouses, like packing. I remember I used to have this job. I would work for this app called Wonolo, uh-huh. and it was work now locally, so Wonolo. Oh, okay, I, okay. Through that app, I would accept jobs to like, you know how there's these like food delivery services? Yeah. Like, eat healthy food. I was the guy like taking all the meals and like preparing them in the middle of the night to like oh, get shit. them in the morning to like have them delivered out. So like like that was one job that I had that was You were doing the meal prep. Yeah, because you'd have to do like in the middle to make everything sure everything was fresh. You'd like uh-huh. do it in the middle of the night to make sure oh, it was shit. ready. So we'd be like hundreds and hundreds of meals. Um you know, but then I would also like it was cool because I like they would always like have too much, so I'd like come home with like bags <laughs> and yeah. they, like like we wouldn't have to go grocery shopping at all. You'd so that be was set. <laughs> yeah. Like the pay wasn't really good, but you know, like you literally get like three hundred dollars worth of like groceries every week, yeah. you know, from that and like never have to like buy anything. So that was tight. I've done I've set up like movie premieres, which is interesting because like, you know, like now I'm like going to premieres yeah, and, yeah. Know, <laughs> but I like like physically set up like the red carpets and these things. Uh-huh. Um I used to go to like warehouse jobs where I'd be like um, like sending, I remember one of them was like, you know, these like subscription boxes where they send you like a box of something every yeah, like, the like, man box or some shit like that. Right. This one was like this Japanese box. I forget what the exact name of it was, but it was like Japanese candy. So I'd be like, on like an assembly line, like, like putting like six different like pieces of like Japanese, like candy in this like box and like wrapping up the box and like putting Quick. it along, and, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, just keep the assembly line moving and your hands were getting all fucked up because of the cardboard. And it was just like, you know, these jobs where it's like, you're working eight or nine hours. You're working the whole time. Like, yeah. There's no like, you know what I mean? So like every minute I, counts. You no. Know, yeah. Like I've done these manual labor jobs. Not that you like having to lift super heavy, but like, it's just this constant move. Maybe have like something in your headphones and you're like listening, but like you got to be in your zone and like yeah. other, if you fuck up, like this person next to you is going to be pissed off. And this person next to you, <laughs> I just I like having that experience because it's like yeah these are like normal blue collar people who have normal jobs no. and like that's how most of the world works yeah and you were you doing know? that and then going to like uh, to acting gigs and all that right yeah yeah and just trying to move that forward working on screenplays working on various things where you know you're you're trying to compartmentalize that work that and then do a little something for yourself afterwards you know to mm-hmm. to to push that you know forward and. Uh, hope for a little bit of a break. So, you know, I think if you have experiences like that, it just makes you savor the yeah. fact, that, you know, my like 40 hour work week on the set of a sitcom mostly consists of me sitting on a couch. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty nice. 
Um, but I enjoy that and I don't feel like I'm entitled to it. So I'll never be like angry or like, nah, you brought me the wrong fucking tuna salad and I'm pissed. Like, I just never have food because I'm like, man, like, I get to work and get free food. And if I really wanted something, like, I could tell them to like go grab me something and bring it to my trailer. Like, yeah. it's to me, that that's awesome. like absolute <laughs> luxury treatment that, that I yeah. really hope that I never take for granted because that would be a shame. Yeah, dude, like that's crazy. You get to do all that, right? And then you hear an episode from Joe Rogan with, uh, what what's the North Korean chick's name? Uh, you know me, Park, or yeah, yeah, you know me, Park, or um, you, you go something. Like well, you talk about you know, I hear stuff like that, and it's like, and I'm a big North Korea fanatic. Like I, I love like listening to anything that has to do with North Korea because it's such an upside down world. And I just find that stuff so fascinating, you know? Yeah. I was, I was, dude, my mouth wide open the whole, like, the first yeah. hour, I was like, like, this is real life. Like, this shit is happening. Yeah, yeah. And I think, it, it's beyond your wildest imagination. Like, I couldn't. That, that these people, like, have, you know, the, the, the amount of death that she saw. That's what I really didn't realize. Like, I knew it was terrible, but, like, when she was describing, like, the death bodies, right? didn't feel anything because it was just so normal and that rats were eating out people's eyes and it's just like you're just walking past this but I, like, I know it's a fact because it, it, yeah. it squares with everything else that I've read about North Korea that it's just like the, the, the severity of the hunger in that country is just beyond what we're able to think you know what I mean it's just like it's just a hundredfold worse than any hunt, like, like, imagine never having been full in your entire life. Yeah. You know, her, she was saying yeah. that her main source of protein was uh, grasshoppers. Yeah. Like, yeah. never feeling full. Yeah. It, it, it's wild. And that's just like statewide. It's just like a statewide, you know, uh, concentration camp, yeah. basically, as she said. Yeah. Uh, it's like a military death cult where every bit of their resources goes into you know, building up this military in order to, like, threaten countries around them in order to ensure resources for themselves. Um, but, you know, it's just an interesting study, and, like, there are no ethics whatsoever. None. None at humanitarian, all. Humanitarian, like, considerations for how they treat their people. They, And so I think it's a good perspective on, like, you know, it's it's... I think you should have the ability to criticize the country that you live in and want more out of, out of something like America, as great a country as it is. Yeah. But I do think it's important to keep things in perspective. Like, I like to read a lot about Russia. Mm -hmm. um, you know, China fascinates me. I know less about it, but I remember reading some things about Russia and being like, holy fuck, the concept of individual rights does not yeah. exist. Yeah, they you have know, no individuality. Yeah. Um, you just as not you have no power as an individual. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the state can treat you however they want and there are no repercussions whatsoever. And we happen to live in a country where, you know, it's not perfect, but if the state wrongs you, you do have a recourse. Yeah. You, know, you do have the ability to challenge larger institutions and stand up for yourself and, and go through the process, at least, of, of saying that, you know, I was wrong, I was mistreated, the cops mistreated me, the government did me wrong, yeah. um, and you can win. Yeah. And that just isn't the case, it, you know. It, it isn't. Russia and, and North Korea is out of every country on the planet the worst as far as like you know humanitarian violations dude um, I, I couldn't believe any of this shit man yeah, yeah. 
yeah, and I think it's a good perspective to be like, you know, yeah, these people, you know, would risk their lives, risk being blown apart and like you know, raped pretty much just to get out of fucking North Korea. Just to get out of there, just to yeah, just to like have you know, a meal. Yeah. Where you'd feel full. Mm-hmm. You know. Dude, you know what I thought was so crazy though? Um, you know, whenever she was talking about whenever she escaped and she was in China and then she started um because she said that a ministry, like a church, ended up reaching out, right? But mm-hmm. what I thought was really strange was they reached out when she was doing the whole webcam shit. So I was like, "What fucking pervert from the fucking church is on here trying to?" You know what I'm saying? Well, no, see, I've only seen the clip so far, so I haven't listened to the whole thing, so I haven't heard that part. But ah, shit, I, I just you know, I, that's, I don't like. It's not like a huge spoiler, but that makes sense that like. Yeah, like I was like <laughs> doing webcam stuff in China, and then via that they reached out to her. Yeah, somebody from from uh, South Korea yeah. reached out, but that's how they found her. That that's how they reached out. So I'm like, all right, uh, this, you're a fucking ministry motherfucker was on there being a fucking pervert, and I was like, I guess I would try and help this chick out. Interesting. Yeah. So I wonder, like, is that the case? Like, do we know that it wasn't like them trying to be like? Oh, you know, this is our plan. Is like we look to see if there's North Korean. Like it was somebody who was like paying to to look at her pussy and uh-huh. then saw that she was. Korean. Um, but of course, like you know, if that's the case, I believe that because I think yeah. you know people who are hyper religious are obviously the most sexually repressed in many ways. It, they help somebody out. His his yeah. fucking <laughs> it should actually it can can help somebody out. You know. Yeah. Well, either way, it's, you know, I'm, I'm glad that she was able to be freed from that. But, yes, it's ironic that that's what it took. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but did you did you see, um, do you follow Andrew Schultz at all? Yes. Okay. Did you see that, that uh, he just went on with Joe and was saying that all she said was cap, like that she was lying the whole entire time? Does he have any evidence to back that up or not? Uh, dude, I, it, it could be just like. Just trying to cause more attention, you know, so we can tune in, you know? Yeah, I just, uh, like, I what I'm wondering is, is he saying that from the perspective of it would be logical for her to make stuff up because that would draw more attention to her and there's uh-huh. no way for people to disprove what she's saying? That would be, like, one angle? Or is he saying, like, I have an inside source that says she was making shit up? Ah, dude, it's... It, it's that that's the thing right i guess we got to tune in to fucking find out right yeah i just <laughs> schultz to me is like are I you a fan likes, yeah i am but i think he likes to play devil's advocate a lot he like, does so i wonder if he's just going she could be lying because it's the perfect position from which to lie to be like i'm a pretty girl who's sympathetic who like you can't ever talk to my family. You can't go to North Korea. There's, it's, it's unfalsifiable. Everything that I say is unfalsifiable, so I can make up the most ridiculous shit. However, if that's the case, then we're looking at like an Academy Award winning actress. That's what I always say. Is like, okay, you can say this person's lying. But like, you've met liars before. Yeah, and some people are amazing at lying. Some people are, you know, gifted sociopathic con artists, and and it's. You know, they can sell water to a well and make anything. And it's not just actors. You know, like, obviously, actors are, yeah. are good at this as well. But, like, um, you know. Dude, I hope she wasn't lying because I fucking teared up a few times during the fucking yeah, interview. I, I was, <laughs> was 
I'm going to look into like why he's saying that because uh-huh. I think there's enough evidence that's just absolutely verifiable, mm-hmm. that, like from many different sources, that the atrocities in North Korea are in many ways, you know, beyond anything that you could find anywhere else in the world um, and are commonplace. We know the starvation is like next level and has been going on for decades. It's only a matter of like, are we like crazy, crazy starving or just like regular starving? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like these people are ever well fed. They're getting killed off, basically. It's fucking genocide. And, And we know that there's all these insane things. Like I've seen up close, for example, um, some hidden camera shit in North Korea uh-huh. where like you balls they, deep in there. Huh? What's that? You balls deep into the North Korea shit, huh? Yeah. They had this show where they, they allow these doctors in to do this operation. Like it's like a simple procedure on your eye that like people, I don't know what it is. It's like a cataract or something that like, like if you were in a, you know, a country with good healthcare, it's a super simple procedure, but if okay. you don't have it, like you go blind. Mm-hmm. So they have like thousands of blind people and they like, let these doctors in from other countries and do this. Like, like this, the, the procedure takes like one minute per person. So they're oh. literally like, this is it. This is it. And you tape up their eyes. And a few days later, like you can see again, you know, mm-hmm. like you basically like replace the disc in their eye. Okay. Um, and, they showed the aftermath of this, like, oh, and the people had to predict, like, they were coming in, like, it was some Asian reporter, I forget her name, but, like, she had to, like, do, like, a fake, like, Canadian accent you know, or something? No, like, oh. citizen, like, she was from Canada. Oh, okay. Um, but you got to see a lot of this stuff up close from the hidden camera stuff. You got to see how, like, they give you, like, a tour of Pyongyang, mm-hmm. and, like, you can't do, like, you can't even like like this cameraman is trying to like get this like angle of like a statue and he's like you can't lay down and like film the you know oh, the statue of the leader. Um, there's so many restrictions. They're watching you the whole time to mm-hmm. give you this very cultivated um, experience of the capital, and then you don't really get to see much outside of that because that's like the, you know as she was saying like you can't just move to the capital. It's like very cultivated there. So even like yeah. like only like the powerful select people can live in Pyongyang, and then like everyone else sitting in the countryside, like, you're fucked. Um, But what I thought was really striking was how after each procedure, like the the days later when they take the tape off their eyes and the people Mm -hmm. could see again, instead of going like, thank you, doctors, one by one, they would go up to like uh, the portrait of... um, Yeah. Of the dear leader and st- and like, like oh my god thank you so you know and everybody would applaud and there's like a, an auditorium of a thousand people and they went one by one by one and everybody thinking them you're fucked like because like once one person does it like you can't just not do it so mm-hmm. every person had to do the same routine like you can't you know so little things like that where you're like you hear about this obsessive cult with the leader and that like you can only they'll they'll come in and like check whether or not you have dust like. You know, on on the portrait, he's like the only thing you can have hanging up. Like that's all true, you yeah. know. And I have video evidence of it. So, so um, that, all that shit's true. Because because she was talking about that, like if uh, they can randomly go in there and check the portrait, and if it's too dusty, yeah. like yeah, you would get killed, like or, or fired right. or, or something. You know, constant state of fear because, like you know, there's constant purges and people like you can get tortured and killed and. 
the consequences for any form of disobedience or even like suspicion of disobedience are mm. severe. You're going to go to death camps. You're going to get killed. I mean, look at that guy who was, you remember that, that American kid? Um, I heard about it. The, 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 he ended up. Yeah. Like he stole a, he stole like a poster uh, and they like took it. They like put him in a labor camp and like sent him back. Like in a brain. Company. Yeah. He was like brain dead. Right. Whenever. Yeah. Like, fuck. So you, so you, you think they give a fuck about anybody? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they, you know, that was for a poster. Like they'll basically they'll they'll put you in a prison camp. And like, you know, how did they, they had the public executions? And they, they she was talking yeah. about they stopped using bullets. Like now you're gonna get stoned to death by the people there. Like you're basically committing murder. You know, killing somebody. Yeah. So I've just heard enough about North Korea that I think you can verify. You uh-huh. know, from the accounts to like. What incentive would you, like? I, I just don't. Yeah, you'd have an incentive to lie to make your story more sensational and mm-hmm. sell more books or whatever. But when I hear her talk, yeah, she just seems like she has credibility. She seems like she's being sincere. She I, she seems like it's like she speaks from experience. Like, yeah, yeah. And especially what was interesting was how she like because if you were trying to like sell somebody on like how horrible something was. I think a lot of like if you were making it up, you might go. It was so horrible, like, like, yeah. like, almost overplay it. And go, I remember, yeah, 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 I, yeah. Her, I, her response was, "I saw it and I felt nothing." And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, "Oh my god, that's such an interesting insight." Because yeah, you would feel nothing, yeah. Because like, it, you know, it's like going, it's like seeing like a like a piece of steak or something in the, you know, you're like, yeah, oh yeah, that you, that 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 is a, like a chunk of a fucking cow that was murdered. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could phrase terms where if you're not used to that, if you're if you're from a society that's never eaten meat, you'd be like, oh my God, that's fucking sweet. You yeah. like cow and slice it up and put it in front of the uh, humans. You know what I mean? She's from a different planet. Yeah. You know basically where, she kept saying that and it did sound like she did come from a different planet. Yeah. So to me, I believe her and I don't I feel like everything she described was very much within the realm of plausibility yeah. for a place like North Korea. And and I'd love to see what exactly this, like, his reasoning for thinking that she's lying. Yeah, dude. I, he always makes you fucking intrigued in anything, man. Like you said, <laughs> he, he fucking loves playing that devil devil's advocate. And yeah. it, it, somehow he makes you fucking laugh, whether you agree with him or not. Like, he... Is trolling right, yeah. and, and you know, but an explosive topics, and that's what I think makes him an interesting podcaster. Is he no. takes these events and he'll he'll try to attack it from both sides without yeah. necessarily going, you know, and that's good. Like I, I I appreciate people who don't, you know, get emotionally attached to one side of a perspective, and I think he's good at that. Of yeah. going, okay, yeah, I can hear you out, and then I'm gonna just for shits and giggles take the opposite side. It yeah. can be fun. It can also be annoying because it's like. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was her and I was telling the truth, it'd be pretty annoying to hear somebody, but you know, all the question my entire life experience. But the good thing I like about him is that, like, sometimes he he won't agree with with like somebody's view, but then they actually talk it out, and he's like, "Well, shit, you're fucking right." Like he he takes in the information yeah. that he's given, and and yeah. he's able to to change his mind and not like uh, make a big deal about it. It's like, okay, I thought this way right now and right. I got some new information. So it's okay for me to change my mind to feel different. Yeah. I think that's a great template for everybody. Like everybody should aspire to be mentally dexterous enough that if you get 
more information, mm-hmm. you can change your point of view. Yeah. You know, you can open it. So it's something I think as humans, we're like hardwired to not do that. You know, we're hardwired yeah. to like make snap decisions and then dig in. Yeah. But I think it's a very noble aspiration mm-hmm. to keep yourself to like form an opinion, but also leave some room in your brain for new information and a solid argument. And yes, so I think it's a good yeah. like behavior to model. Yeah, you know? of course, man. Cause on there, he's very open about, he calls himself like a hypocrite, you know, which I think right. we all are a little hypocrite sometimes, yes. you know, cause at first yeah. when the whole lockdown started happening, he was talking shit about everybody leaving New York. And what did he do? He left New York, went to Miami for a few months. And he was talking shit about uh, Netflix, right? Like, oh, it's going to be gone soon. Next thing you know, he gets a, a, like a special on there, you know? So it's like... Hippocrates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he, he acknowledges that. And before you even get to bring it up to him, he's already talking about it. And he's like, I'm a fucking hypocrite. I'm, that's yeah. who I am. Fuck it. Because a lot of people will... Um, before they acknowledge their own hypocrisy, they'll try to do these mental gymnastics to mm-hmm. justify themselves and say, like, like being a hypocrite is the worst thing in the world. No, it's yeah. not. It's, like, not. A hypocrite. it's easier for us to see and point out hypocrisy in others, and I do that all the time. I love pointing out when people are hypocrites. You uh-huh. know, um, one of my favorite pastimes, but you, know, you have to be ready for the fact that, you know, other people are going to be doing that to you, and yeah. it's just never worth you know, the effort to try to, oh, no, well, it's It's different when I do it because, yeah. the, uh, you know, the reason I moved to Miami, no, it's okay, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, yeah, exactly. And, like, it sucks when somebody calls you a hypocrite, you know, because, like, uh, yeah. sometimes they're right, you know? So right. he's like, fuck that. I'm not going to let you get the upper hand. I'm a hypocrite. Sue me. Yeah. So what? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, another noble goal that we should normalize that. Like, you know, sure, we don't want to be a hypocrite all the time, but, like, you know, nobody walking this earth has not, you know, said one thing and then later done that same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. criticized. No, um, for, sure. for sure, man. I totally get that. And uh, back to the North Korea thing. I, I honestly think uh, there's only one way to, to solve the oppression and all of that. And I think um, what needs to happen is you need to go balls deep in as many uh, North Korean women as possible. Balls yeah. even, uh, just like for 24 hours just get in there bro and uh <laughs> in nine months you're gonna have a whole like mini hulk army that their men already are barely four yeah. feet tall and you would yeah. fucking yeah. like take over dude and right. end that shit yeah well if they all if they all look like that you know naomi park or whatever <laughs> it'd, it'd be pretty easy right <laughs> you would have to get a haircut though and like right. fuck a yeah. kim jong-un you know i i don't know I don't know if you'd be able to do that. It would be worth it to sneak in, yeah. spread that seed. Okay, what the... <laughs> by foot. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, one of the questions I got was, uh, what do you do to your hair? Like, what products do you put in your hair? Um, nothing right now. It's like, well, you know, I, I wash it, and then I just try to always – I'm always trying to get, like, a mixture of, like, texture. And so I use a, a bunch of different stuff. Like, I'll wash it, and then I'll put, like um, – like gelling it to come back and then yeah. like oh it's like a little bit too slick so i put some dry shampoo like i'm always doing things to like make it like add a little grease and then take a little grease away you uh-huh. know so it's like a constant evolution of like adding a texture to it okay um, 
So it's not like one specific thing that you have to put on to give it. Depending on how it is, because it'll be like right out of the shower. It's like, oh, my hair is really like, you know, I just washed and conditioned it. I'm going to put something in it to like, you know, not have it like frizzy and puffy. And then if it's a little too down, then I'll add like dry shampoo to give it some more volume. So I have a number. I have products in my arsenal that I've Uh just like experimented with over the years to give it a certain look. Every other day could be something different, but like of the shit you have, right? Yes. So it's a work in progress. I'm still trying to figure it out, you know? Hell yeah. And do do you have cats because you basically look like the king of the jungle? Like you, like, uh, is that like your pack? Yes, exactly. I have three cats. That's the reason I, you know, we're going to try to get on her (laughs) earlier tonight and postpone it a little bit because one of my cats, I thought she ran away. When I was walking them in the courtyard, it turns out she was just in the fucking bush the whole time, like three feet from my apartment, you know, and I'm out in like the street, like looking around with a flashlight, like oh, shaking her treats like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, because um, I always see you post pictures of of them being up in a tree, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's actually, if I can see them up in the tree, that's fine, because it's just a matter of like them coming down. But this time she like went behind some bushes that were like, it's hard to look like these bushes in California and like you probably have them in Texas too, where it's like, succulents but they're kind of like like spiny you know what i mean yeah. like so you can like put your hands in them it's like yeah you don't want to put your hands in there yeah exactly. you're, you're like uh, i looked hard enough you know yeah. i'm not touching i'm not sticking my hands in there so i look for like you know 45 minutes for an hour and then the cat just comes casually walking out of the bush like, like nothing, nothing. see they're at see that's why people yeah. call them assholes man like you're over there fucking uh, yeah. going crazy yeah. looking for I'm them whistling, shaking treats for you know so long <laughs> My wife's getting involved, you know. She thinks I lost the cats. Like, this is oh, terrible. And I'm stressing out, you know. And that was like five minutes before I came on because I was uh-huh. like, all right, I'm gonna get these cats. Like, you know, <laughs> thirty at seven twenty. Like, okay, let me bring them all in and get two of them in, and then one of them's still out. And I'm like, hmm, like she's really here and she doesn't, you know, because she's actually like the easiest one to find. Normally, okay, this one that was lost because um, they all kind of have their own little like things that they do to try to escape. But I'm like, all right, I got. This one, he tries to jump over the fence, and I brought him in, and then this one goes out the back, and I got her in, and yeah. this one is supposed to be the easiest one, and I'm like, I can't fucking find her. <laughs> Have you, you know? ever put, like, leashes on them? I, I know that's kind of, like, yeah, odd, they, odd. I put a harness on them, and that actually might have got stuck in the bush or something. Oh, uh, okay. I put a harness that I don't have a leash on. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes I will have a leash, or, like, like, one of the cats, like, kept jumping over the fence, so, like, I'd, like stick with him but if you have three cats they're all going in different directions yeah but what we do is we put the harness on basically so if they do get out people will see like oh they have a harness on it okay they're not strays you know yeah yeah yeah, exactly because you don't want somebody like confusing it for a stray and Mm -hmm. and, uh you know taking it home with them and um and probably gives you like a little bit of an edge like if you need to catch them right quick right and give you something to hold on to instead of a tail or something put them and and get them out of a tree so it does Mm -hmm. help a little bit but you know i think she probably got stuff on, like, snagged on something, you know, yeah. tonight. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you yeah. uh, you just mentioned your wife. You're you're a married man. I hope. A married man, yeah. How long have you been married, man? For, uh, I should be able to answer the question. Oh, uh, shit. You already <laughs> lost it. You're already in the fight tonight. <laughs> we said our sixth anniversary. Six years? On, uh, August 7th. Yeah, August oh. 7th, 15, we got married. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. That was just last week. Exactly. Yeah, congrats. So we had a, you know, I guess you could call our, uh, you know, Costa Rica. Vacation. Oh, that was kind of like a little 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. But like, let's just let's just you know call it that. The the anniversary trip. Yeah, (laughs) that's yeah. That should have been it all along. Yeah. Exactly. How was it out there in Costa Rica? It was awesome. I would recommend it to anybody. There's just so many places that like, you know, for such a tiny country, Mm -hmm. like you could go here, you could go there. Like it's just dense with stuff to do where it's like, there's a volcano here. There's a rainforest there. I was like blown away at the beauty of the rainforest. Like I just never had been in a rainforest that quite looked like this. Yeah. Well, um, I love traveling, but some places, you know, you go and you're like, oh, yeah, I can take it, leave it, whatever. But like, I just feel like if you're looking to go to the jungle and like see like just insane natural beauty that looks like mm-hmm. you're in, I think they did shoot Jurassic Park there. Oh, really? Like, it was just, I think so. Because okay. like, I remember hearing it was Costa Rica, and then you look at it, you're like, yeah, like, like it's, it looks like it. <laughs> you're expecting a brontosaurus to come out of the <laughs> just because it looks so prehistoric and. You know, giant leaves and yeah. trees, and like the reds and greens. It, it, it's really one of the most visually stunning places I've ever been. And then, so you're like in the rainforest in one area, and then you go over to this area, and it's like, you know, these crazy beaches with like, you know, palm trees yeah. like right up to the beach. It's like jungle right up to the beach. Yeah. You know? Dude, I had a buddy a couple episodes ago, man. He he went out there and lived for like a year, year and a half, like as a as an English teacher. He moved yeah. down there, dude, and he fucking fell in love with it. Just like yeah. how you said, oh. all, all of the nature. Yes. If it's a place you've ever thought of, like, I just had never, like, really, you know, like, you have this idea of a place in your head, but, like, like look up some images of Costa Rica and see the different yeah. regions and see if it appeals to you because I just didn't, like, know that much about it. It was, you know, like, it's on a list of places. You're like, yeah, sure, that, like, Costa Rica sounds cool, but, like, I didn't uh-huh. know too much specifically about it, but it's a, one of the rare places that you go to and I'm like, fuck, I actually want to go back because there's so oh, much shit. more to Yeah, explore. he said the vibe there. It's completely different now. Yeah, even in a relatively small country, I just mm-hmm. feel like you could spend, like, you could go there once a year and, like, hit a different yeah. part of the country and... and but really, you feel like you need to take, like, at least a week to be there, right? Or two, you two weeks, right? I, yeah, I took two weeks and we kind of went to, like, two different parts, mm-hmm. you know? But you could, I would say, like, do a week, you know, Per like location, we went to um, La Fortuna near this RL volcano place. So that was kind of like the main feature is like the rainforest around this big volcano. It was super beautiful. And then we went to yeah, it's, dude, it looked dope. I saw the pigs. This beach, uh, Santa Teresa, did some surf lessons and, and had an Airbnb that was on the beach. Got some ATVs and it's just kind of like you know a different vibe. You see people yeah. from all over the world, like kind of you know uh, uh, coming for that. Well, you uh. Uh, did you stand out out there? <laughs> like, how much did you stand out? Questions like, where are you from? You know, uh-huh. um, I think so, but I just don't pay attention to it that much. Like, uh-huh. You, know, you weren't getting any like weird stares or anything? Probably, but I think I just don't pay attention to it that much. Like, people okay. come like, the person is looking at you, okay. but, like, uh, you know, I'm just not that concerned about it. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm, like, I know I'm going to get attention to some degree, just being like, even as being as large as I am, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's awesome having you know funky hair and shit like that uh, uh, you know so hell yeah dude that, that, that's, that's, yeah, go for it check it out do I, some research yeah I, I might need to do that man I got a baby coming up here probably within a week she'll be born probably gonna name her Harley right uh, <laughs> dude yeah my girl would kill me <laughs> yeah um, but yeah dude I definitely I'm gonna put that on the bucket list for sure man 
Nice. Yeah. So whenever you go out with the guys on, on uh, with Brendan and the guys on on tour, what um, how does it make you feel whenever Brendan's like he's like an emotional support animal? Because I I feel like that's got to be like a huge compliment. Like having you around just makes everybody's energy like <laughs> great, right? Yeah. Somebody tried to like say that to the like, he's called you his emotional support animal, like. But it wasn't a diss. No, he, dude, I didn't think it about was, it like that at all. Was, I was like, he was up the next day, he's like, "Oh, I didn't like, hey, like, just texting you privately, like, um, you know, I didn't mean that as an insult, but I know what he meant, which yeah. is like, yeah, he likes to keep people around him uh, that, you know, give him a good vibe, mm-hmm. and it's amazing to be able to go with all those guys because because all the guys are fun, like, um, David Lucas, Chappelle Lacey, mm-hmm. just. Elliot, his brother Jay. It's just a really fun group of dudes. And it's like, you know, so it just feels like a guy's trip every time we go out. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's like a, a chance for us. Like, there's just so much laughter. And, like, you know, I remember yeah. we went to this, um, like, after the shows in Houston. Uh-huh. Uh, That's where I met you for the first time. Yeah, David Lucas, like, one of his buddies, like, from Houston was like, yo, we're going to take you out to the strip club and do this oh, and that. Shit. And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, like, like going back to the Airbnb to like chill. Yeah. yeah. Because that's where the fun is for us is like just going and watching some YouTube videos back and hanging Airbnb out together and chilling as a group. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the green room is fun. We do, you know, we go lift together, we go eat together. And um, that's a testament to Brendan. Like, you know, he just really knows how to do it. And, you know, he like, he, he throws down for the Airbnb. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have to take out your wallet the whole time you're there. And it's a testament to his generosity and his kind of philosophy on like, look, I'm, you know, sure, I could make more money if I just only brought one person and yeah. fucking put us up in a cheap hotel and all this shit. But like, he's really he out there. He man. Make it, yeah, make it a really fun experience. So each city that we go to is just like it's like a unique travel experience. We do fun shit in Houston. Yeah. We went out and shot guns, and um, hell yeah, I've just every trip I've been on with them has been a highly memorable experience, and I'm very grateful to be a part of it. That, so. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I fucking love that because like you can you can tell whether it be on stage or on the pod. Like if you surround yourself with with people that that actually. Uh, make you better and make you feel good and, and then just have that, that chemistry together. It just makes you a better person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's his priority, you know, and um, we've gotten to know each other through working out and that's, you know, like I've never minded working out on my own. I, I, I you know, would do that most of the time. Um, Cause you're with Chappelle's uh, friend, right? He's a, he yeah, yeah. I was in Chappelle, you know Chappelle like, for a while. Yeah, I'd known Chappelle for a number of years, and he would, like, come on to, he'd be like, hey, can I work out with you? And, like, a lot of people will say that. I'm like, okay, sure, you want to work out with me? But, like, Chappelle would actually do it. He'd show up and then show up and showing up. And also took it really seriously, like, because some people will come live, but then, like, eh, maybe they want to socialize more or whatever or Mm -hmm. get in the way. Chappelle was one of the only people that came and, like, was just down to, like, do the workout and not complain and, like, just get handled business. And then we'll talk and hang out afterwards and, you know, but so when, when, you know, he introduced me to Brendan, it was just a good fit that we've been able to make this crew of like, you know, we, we, we get along really well, we vibe, we joke, but we're there to do work and kind of bond through that experience of like pushing yourself through these hard workouts. So it's a really cool, like, just, you know, it's like a social club, you yeah. know, I get to meet up with these guys and, and, and have that bonding time a few days a week 
Dude, I, I get yeah. so jealous watching y'all just fucking have a silly goose time every single time. I'm yeah. like, fuck, I need that, man. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, man. Because again, like, I'm somebody who like I don't mind working out on my own, but it's it really is a great social energy to start off your day, especially because you know, um, with Brendan's schedule, we're usually trying to get it in pretty early. So it's just a great way yeah. to start your day. You know, yeah, he fucking works. His schedule is fucking yeah. <laughs> he's already off intense. He's got a wife and kids, and um, you Man, know, he, he just started the the YouTube uh, the Thick Boy channel, right? He just has yeah. that. That's the new thing going on, and exactly, yeah. And he's cranking out content. That's been fun to like be a little bit of a part of that because he knows I've come and fill our workouts, and yeah. um, you know, yeah, it's 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 it, and again, you know, anything that I get to be a part of, whether it's the coming on the fight companion, it's just cool to be, yeah. you know, to be around that and be at the Thick Boy Studios. It's, it's awesome. How was it at the fight companion, man? Is Brian Ortega really as handsome in person as, as we see him? Yeah, he's really good looking, actually. He's a good looking motherfucker, right? He's Even a, without the long hair? <laughs> yeah, he's a very good looking guy. And also just came across as really genuine. I saw some comments on there. They're like, oh, Brian's storytelling is boring. I thought he came across really sincere. I loved and- it. Yeah, he seemed like a really good dude. It was really interesting to hear his perspective on some of these things that, like, I knew about the events of, like, him slapping this dude, Jay Park, uh-huh. but, like, I didn't know anything behind it. And it was interesting to hear him, you know, talk us through what led up to that. I found it very compelling. So I don't know how it was as a viewer, but, like... No, he just, like, I, for I, me, I just saw him yeah. as a real a real person, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, he's he a guy who just doesn't like part of his issue with like Volkanovski. He was saying is kind of like Volkanovski. He was like Volkanovski trying to like hype up this yeah. fight, but I'm just not really about that. Like I'm going to be me, and you yeah. can't like get me out of my frame, um, you know, to hype up a fight. And mm-hmm. you know, you got to respect that at the end of the day because he's like, I'm here to, you know, hell yeah, dude, fight. And and sure, we could sell more pay per views if we pretended to have some like blood feud but that's just not who he is yeah it was really cool because that's just his energy and i'm also a big fan of tj dillashaw i think a lot of people in the comments were also like you know man i, th- I thought i hated tj but he came across as yeah. really cool. yeah yeah he's cool like he's a cool dude he's a genuine dude um you know like it was really cool getting to hear him like talk through some of those details of his latest fight where mm. it's like He's, you know, really putting us inside his mind. Exactly. Um, you know, he's got this huge cut and a tore fucking, you know, his knees completely torn And fucking torn pushing up. through it. <laughs> pushing through it, man. You know, he's and getting the W at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. So it was really incredible just getting to hear his, like, insight that you're just not, you know. Yeah. So I felt there was a, just a few conversations that happened where it's like, fuck, man, you're not going to hear that shit anywhere else. Yeah. And I, that's what um, one thing I, I loved about the fight companion, man. Like, you... He's put in, like, all these fighters, which I wasn't expecting him to have, like, all these UFC fighters come on there. And, uh, yeah. like, you're getting to, to know them as real fucking people. And, like, yeah. you don't have that narrative shoved in your face, like, whatever promos they cut. Like, you get yeah. to actually meet them. Like, when Brian was, was talking about with his kids, like, sometimes he's tired in the morning. So he'll tell his kids, hey, go fucking grab a Pop-Tart or what the Pop Rocks and <laughs> shit. You know, it's like, I'm trying to sleep. Like, that's some real ass shit, man. And, like... Yeah, people yeah, might exactly. try and talk shit about. Came uh-huh. no, go ahead. Oh, I decided everybody came across really sincerely, and it was just like it felt from my perspective like guys just hanging out. And I really love mm-hmm. Josh Thompson as well. I'm a fan of his podcast. Uh, Big yeah, Joe he's Carthy, funny. The Wang. 
feel like I had already been listening to him on a weekly basis and, and love hearing him and his stories about like, for example, training at AKA with Khabib and mm-hmm. um, we just got, you know, all these guys have such an interesting insight and especially Brendan as well. Like, Brendan doesn't talk about the behind the scenes of the UFC too much, but he'll talk, you know, he did train with GSP, with fucking mm-hmm. John Jones, and he'll just yeah. sometimes drop these nuggets of, of training. It's like, holy fuck, man. Yeah, you really were like. He was in, in that shit, man. <laughs> so it's cool. And again, another thing that I'm always grateful for that I'm just trying not to like, you know, make it about myself or step on any toes and, and try to like, you know, be the center of attention, but mm-hmm. like at the same time ask questions that I'm really interested in hearing. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So, so okay. What kind of music are you into, man? Because like, I I like rap music primarily, um, but I also like you know one of the things that me and Chappelle connect on, for example, is like we grew up listening to a lot of punk rock, so like Rancid, No Effects, Bad Religion, okay, uh, metal like Metallica. I can get down with all that stuff. Well, as far as like new music, if I'm listening like for music that I think is cool, like you know, it's it's probably going to be hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be maybe more like '90s, early 2000s hip hop. It's if it's in my playlist. But in theory, okay. I'm always open to like like new shit. But I'm still a fan of Eminem. Like I still am a fan of like him putting out this new shit that um, kind of pushes you know the boundaries of like lyricism. But on that same token, I also love guys like J Cole and, and oh, yeah. like. Uh, okay. Joyner Lucas. I was drawing a blank on his name, but yes, <laughs> to me, you know, that's kind of like the, the baton has been passed, the torch has been passed to mm-hmm. guys like that who have this incredibly intricate lyricism and also yeah. like conceptual songs, like his song like Will Smith or his song I'm Not Racist. He has these really interesting, dude, concepts. amazing songs. Yes, the yeah, concepts think, of them. Yeah, I think he's a genius. Um, so that's to me what I'm really impressed by. But really, like you know. Look, I'm not somebody who hates country music. Like, I have friends who are like, I can't focus. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've been to a Tim McGraw concert before. Yeah. And he's an amazing performer. I just think that at the top of any genre, you're going to find some really, really talented people. You know, mm-hmm. I'll get that list of Taylor Swift, too. You know, it's just. Okay, I listen to everything, dude. <laughs> you know, when I go running, I'll listen to EDM. It's whatever. I, I try to have that open mindedness about, like, like I'm not going to hate on a genre of music. Ah. Uh. Just because it's a genre of music. If exactly. it moves me, it moves me. And if it does something to me and motivates me, then, then I'm going to utilize that, that energy. But yeah. Are you a John Mayer fan at all? Yeah, and that's another funny thing because I used to have this, like I remember listening to, what was it, Continuum? Uh-huh. The, um, the best like, album of all time. So, I like this is an example of that where like I didn't like John Mayer. I'd heard like, you know, it's one of those things where like, in your head, all I knew was like your body's. Oh, yeah, dude, that's the worst <laughs> song ever, man. <laughs> and then, and then I remember being high in my friend's car, like waiting, like I'd like borrowed my friend's car or something. And I was picking up somebody else with it, and he had Continuum in the uh, CD player, and I was like rocking out to it, like, uh, damn, I'm high, and this is like, damn, this song's good, and this yeah. next song's good, and, and then I was like, oh shit, is this John Mayer? <laughs> that moment of like, yeah. Which I hope happens to me a lot, which is like your predisposed notions of an artist mm-hmm. um, being bad or like John Mayer is somebody who I don't like. But then you hear their music and I just think, you know, if it's good music yeah. that has an emotional impact on you, you should um, that should take precedence over everything. So I just happen to have that exact experience of like, <laughs> I like John Mayer and then I was like, oh, I guess I like John Mayer. And yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that, 
you know, he made the kind of music that that he did. Did you have you listened to his new album that just no. I think it came out like two, three weeks ago? Okay, then I definitely am not listening. Yeah, dude, it, it's a it's a definite it, it's like a sob rock theme thing. It's like eighties sob rock kind of thing. Uh-huh. But he has a song called um Why You Know Love Me on there. And like <laughs> I love that shit because for you to, to title a, a song that and, and to make a, a song like that, just imagine like what he had to feel to to for those words to come out like why you know love me because like that that's how a kid talks you know you're not talking right. properly but like he was so sad or broken like that's all that came out and and i, I yeah. love that shit man yeah i'm gonna have to check that out um i didn't know because again like i like him but then you're just like not paying attention you know like i barely know what the artist that i'm already yeah. really tuned in with are, are doing somebody just sent me oh uh, david lucas just sent me uh, and everyone in that that touring group, uh, like mm. a drop off with the Donda album, and I just started listening to that. That actually. Oh was, shit! You you yeah. got a, a leak? I I got a leak, baby. Hell yeah, dude! How is um, it? I listened to like the first five songs, and I thought they were great. I yeah. thought that was a really interesting sound. So is it like um, vintage Kanye or? I think it doesn't sound like anything else that he's put out. Oh really? You know? Um, a little bit more like upbeat, like gospel, like some of the um, the Jesus is King um, album, right? The, yeah, that see, yeah. Let me just try to play some, oh. like just so you can get a, uh, like some of the melodies. Okay. Are you a Black Keys fan? Before we keep going, do you like the Black Keys? I don't think I know too much of them. Ah, shit, man. Fuck. Uh, John Mayer's my number one. He's my goat, and then the black is my favorite guy. Hold on. How many songs can, is he putting on the album? Like 20-something. Holy shit. We're getting an exclusive uh, sneak yeah. peek over here. I thought that was an interesting sound. Yeah, it is. That's kind of more like upbeat, you know? Only he can put something like this out and it sound as good as it does. Yeah. So, and I was listening to that in my headphones. Like, obviously, it's going to sound shitty on the phone. But uh-huh. I was like, ooh, damn, that's just, you know, it was really well yeah. mixed and... and um, you know, definitely a good listening experience for some good headphones, I thought. Okay, okay. Hell yeah, yeah. Dude. I'm really looking forward to that album, man. Yeah, um, yeah. So the first, like, five tracks or whatever, I was like, I'm in. I want to listen to the whole thing. Okay. Really, you know, unique. Have you um, gone to go see him live at all? Yeah, I did actually see him live one time. Uh, the Watch the Throne tour, I saw him, and they did... Um, uh, Is they that did when he was floating over everybody, or no? No, they had their own like pedestals. I saw them at the Staples Center. Oh, the Watch the Throne with Jay Z, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and they did that, you know, the song. Okay, yeah. Brothers in Paris, right? Yeah, and Negroes in Paris. So they did that song like nine times in a row or something like that. Something crazy. 
Yeah. Um, I'd never seen it before, but the whole time he was like, this shit has never happened before in the history of music. Motherfucker, we're doing this song nine times in the motherfucking route. What the fuck? No, I'd be a little annoyed. I'd be if I'm at a concert and they're playing the same song nine times. I'm going crazy for it. You know, <laughs> that concert. Now then, I realized like you know months later they came out with this music video. They were shooting a music video. They didn't say anything, but I'm like, oh, they shot it like oh, all the footage. Okay, okay. Um, so that made sense. But at the time, you're just like, all right, they playing it once, they're playing it twice, they're playing it three times, oh, playing it four times. <laughs> yeah. We just kept going. Up there, they're like, cut. We got to do it again, guys. <laughs> but there was no indication that it was. Yeah. Really you know, but people were into it because it's such an energetic song. Yeah. It's like, kind of, it's not that long, you know? So mm. like, it's like, you know, very high energy. So people just kept being like, yeah. yeah. You know? and, and that's what I hear a, a lot about like rap concerts. Cause I haven't been to very many. Like I love rap. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like, uh, if I'm gonna go to a concert, I want to see like an artist kind of either play an instrument and fucking sing. Like, like I said, the Black Keys, John Mayer, shit like that. Yeah. But um, but my brother-in-law was telling me like the the energy at those concerts, like the Travis Scott concerts, yeah. like it's a whole yeah. thing, man. Like you were like right. in there. Yeah, and this one in particular, I felt like they're both good performers, and the uh-huh. stage craft of the show that they put on. Like with the lights, the Kanye's outfits, and you know the screen, like everything just worked together. Where like you can go to a shitty rap show and the rapper's not like putting any effort into it. Yeah, and, you know, like. But I felt like they definitely put on a very high energy show with a lot of you know intricate lights and stagecraft that really kept you compelled throughout the whole show. Do you, know? do you think? Uh, the baby was exhausted. That's why he just started saying all this shit. He said, <laughs> "That's a good question because I, I like his music." So I just downloaded you know, one of his songs I, today. <laughs> and it's like you know what it makes me think is like he has all these views, mm-hmm. but you know, are we going to pretend that like a lot of rappers like don't have problematic views? Exactly. You know, whether yeah. that's sort of like normal. Um, I don't need, I mean, you know, look, I'm a fan of Eminem. Like, I don't know what his actual beliefs are on a lot of things. I think he would say a lot of things for shock value per se. Like, I don't think he's actually homophobic, but it's like, yeah, he's living off of saying incredibly shocking, outlandish things. So I just feel like I'm the last person to judge an entertainer, like especially a rapper, Mm -hmm. you know, off like saying some things that have shock value. Yeah, you know what I mean. To me, you know, I don't believe in anything he said. Like, I don't think, you know, I, I would never be caught dead saying speaking that way about gay people or yeah. AIDS or any of that kind of shit. But it's like, to me personally, I just you have to go a really long way to like make me not want to like hear your music. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, that's so like, hard. <laughs> Look, I'm still listening to Michael Jackson, so you know. <laughs> Shit, same here, dude. And I, like I said, I downloaded the baby song today. No, you can you can agree that somebody's a pedophile or piece of shit, and say that Thriller still slaps. So, yeah. um, <laughs> it, because it does, right? It's like okay, we're going to deny reality. Like I like the baby's music, and um, you know, he also said some regrettable things. But I think you can hold those two thoughts in your head at the same time. Yeah, yeah. and, and Louis C.K. is still hilarious. Louis. Right, exactly, exactly. And so like, is Chris Alia and fucking... Hey, is Callan like back-back, right? Good question. 
I think so, but I think I mean uh, there's some issues like uh, I don't know, I don't want to get into it, but I just no. feel like no when you when you're accused of rape, like yes, it's tough because there's always going to be people who are like, you know, well we can't touch that, uh-huh. you know, you know it's never going to go to court. He's never going to get vindicated as you know not having done that or whatever. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, accusation from 20 years ago. I know the, the woman involved was very like set on trying to ruin his career and actually kill him, you know, which is an interesting thing because, like, we throw around the term cancel culture so much and sometimes yeah. it's like, look, you got criticized on Twitter, you're not canceled. Exactly. But, like, times, you know, yes, if somebody's, like, actively campaigning for you to not be able to make a living, mm-hmm. there's something more akin to cancellation. Yeah. I, you know. I love the approach that he took, man. Like, he just took a step back pretty much, but, like, still... I mean, got his other podcast, right? He with uh, Sam Chipley. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like he was completely silenced. Like, he was like, dude, I didn't do this shit. Like, I'm not going to let it completely shut me down, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I think people really like to see him back with um, Brendan because it's such, you know, they have such a classic. Oh, the dynamic, dude. Dynamic, I love you it. Know, is, is that's really, you know, people were tuning in for years and years and years. And I think they're really happy to see him. Uh, yeah. Back on the show, and and uh, you know, I was glad I got, I was able to meet him. You yeah, know, yeah. once him again, but you know, he's a super fun dude to be around. Super smart guy. So yeah, you know. and I, I love the um, I love the Chappelle edition. You know, because with Brian and Brendan, like their their resume that they have, like the life that they have lived, it's like completely. It's not really too relatable. But with Chappelle, yeah. he has a little bit more of a relatable story in a way, and he's. Yeah. Acts more of like a, a normal person, you know what I'm, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's he, you know, his his life story is super unique, and he comes in, you know, like <laughs> they always give him shit because they like he doesn't keep up with pop. Yeah, he doesn't stay up to, up to date. <laughs> you know, because it's like you know, I I almost envy him because I'm like, man, I wish I didn't like pour so much bullshit into yeah. my brain that's like useless information. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, I think he offers an interesting perspective of like. Somebody who's not fully clued in, you know, to, to pop culture shit because he's doing what he loves most of the time, which is like he's either doing stand up, yeah, with his girlfriend, you know, listening to music, making music. He makes music with like you know real legit punk rockers, mm-hmm. or uh, you know he's he's Dude, practicing guitar. He's doing literally what he wants. Yeah, it's really enviable. So yeah. you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, he, you know. Don't come on his page trying to talk shit because he'll block you with a quickness and, and never yeah. look back, you know. But he's literally yeah. he's designed his life to where he's like journaling, working out, doing stand up, doing the podcast, like he does not death. spread himself too thin. Yeah, yeah, drinking liquid death. <laughs> um, so yeah, in my opinion, he does it right. Hell yeah, dude. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh I think we're dude, it's freaking twelve thirty over here. But Damn. before, yeah, well, it's 1030 out there, right? We're two hours apart. 1030, there we go. Yeah. Before I, before I let you go, like, I don't want to keep you up and I got to work tomorrow. I don't, I don't have that, that luxurious life yet. Right. Uh, um, but um, I have uh, two more questions. A buddy of mine was saying, like, he was asking, how do you say lean year around? Well, you know, I do actually do a lot of cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, but not like I'm not like on a carding machine all the time. Now, I could be, but like, you know, part of it is I just don't let myself get that fat and I monitor my calories. So the simple answer would be I track my calories on my fitness pal. Okay. 
Now, sometimes I track them more loosely, but I'm still like aiming to get a certain amount of protein. Like, and that's part of my philosophy is like, look, if you're getting, you know, if you're my size and you like say, I'm going to eat 350 grams of protein every day. Uh-huh. Well, you're not going to have that much room for that much other bullshit. <laughs> and yeah. it also on your cravings for fast food. So I've noticed like if I'm really giving myself like good protein from a variety of, of plants and animal sources, um, you know, if I'm eating Greek yogurt, if I'm eating steak, if I'm eating eggs, if I'm eating... Um, Do you eat pretty clean? Yeah. Like nope. most, but not like obsessively. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I'm not like, if I want to dial it in and get down to like below 10% body fat, sure. Uh-huh. But I have some looser principles that I um, stick by. And part of that is like eating high protein, you uh-huh. know, and just... But like if you want a burger, like you don't deny that. Yeah, no, I don't. Just because, and you can, I just feel like the flexible dieting is the way way to go. Have that mm-hmm. burger, but understand that, okay, you know, that might be a thousand calories or 1500 if you have fries or something like that. And, uh-huh. and uh, you know, maybe you need to eat less the rest of the day. And that's fine. But I don't think you should, like, not have the burger or, like, think that you, like, fucked up your whole diet. And also, like, you can look at calorie, calories, like, as a weekly caloric total, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're eating 2,000 calories a day, you want 21,000 at the end of the week, you know? So, okay, if you eat 4,000 one day, well, then eat 2,000 the next. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pig out and eat fucking, you know, 5,000. Okay, you can you can always balance your checkbook, so to speak. Okay. Um, that's an approach that, that, that works for a lot of people. So you don't feel like, oh, I had some ice cream, I had a cheat meal, it fucked up my whole week. Yeah. You know, you can always balance it out. And then, as I said about the cardio, I've just gotten in the habit where, like, I do enough cardio that, like, Going to run for 45 minutes to an hour doesn't fuck me up that much. So I want to always be in good enough shape that I can, like, go do 45 minutes to 60 minutes of activity and and make room for myself to eat. So I don't have to starve myself. Like, so I'm just doing it and I can listen to a podcast and I'm not like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I can can run, you know, six miles. So you do about 45 minutes to to an hour of cardio. Yeah, either a hill run or a flat run. You know, that's the ideal. Maybe, you know, it doesn't always happen but uh you know on a good week i'm i'm hitting five or six weight workouts and i'm I'm running you know um just as many times and you know again that's the ideal if you fall short oh great oh no i only lifted three times this week i only ran three times who gives a fuck you know um that that always puts me within striking distance of like if i need to be a little bit leaner okay then in two weeks you know you can you know lose a few pounds of body fat See that kind of like that used to fuck me up, man. Because whenever I was uh, I was running a lot, um, whenever I got to the point where I was doing five miles, uh-huh. if I wasn't able to do at least five miles on the next run, like I wouldn't do it. Like, oh, I only have time to, to like do two miles. Like, right. I just wouldn't run at all. And yeah. Instead of just going out there to to do the two miles, you know? I, yeah, I think that's an important thing too. If you're crunched for time, like. You know, it's a luxury to be able to have that hour run, but like, guess what? You could run a few sprints and it takes you 10 minutes and, and that's going to give you a great workout too. So another part of my philosophy is like, don't set the bar so high and think that you have to do an hour workout each time because guess what? Like, if you didn't have time for a workout today, but then you're like, can I crank out 100 pushups right now? Who's better yeah. off? Yeah, do 100 pushups or nothing. I think it's always... Money in the bank. There's always something you, know, you can do. Yeah, like do a set of jump squats. Um, I'm big into burpees, you know, because that's like pretty much a full uh-huh. body workout. Like, you know, do do 50 burpees. Like, that's good cardio. Uh-huh. 
It doesn't take Hell you that yeah. long. It takes you a few minutes. So um, yeah. I just feel like there's always something you can do. And especially I've just been experimenting with that during the pandemic. Like, you know, if you have limited equipment or just your body weight, like you can do oh, a lot yeah. of really good workout. And a lot of people just kind of think like, oh, well, I need to go to a CrossFit class or do a yeah. cycle class. That's <laughs> but like, you don't. That's don't just an excuse. Up. Yeah, don't put all these barriers in front of yourself to where you're just not doing it. Like, you shouldn't be afraid to work out. And if that's a walk for you, if the thing that you're not afraid to do is a walk, good, then do that. Yeah. Maybe a walk turns into a longer walk. It turns into, like, a jog. A run. And, yeah, and, jog, then run. Oh, and a bit, yeah. Start where you're at. And, um, you know, I think the habit is more important than any individual workout. If you build a habit, the hard workouts are going to come. Yeah. You know? And, and I would say it's more like, look a year from now and be like, I need to be ripped by next month. Like, think about it. Like, where do you want to be next year? You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a marathon, right? Not a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you want to be the guy doing like, if there's 365 days in a year, okay. Would you rather do a, you know, workout every other day and, you know, hit 180 workouts or be the guy who does like all that for a month and fucking does 30 super yeah. hard workouts and you, get <laughs> and you kind of hate working out and then you never work out again. So... You know, yeah. you did 30 in a year instead of 180, like, you know, 80% workouts. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, whenever you're doing calorie counting, like, do you take anything else into, like, consideration? Like, uh, the grams of fat that the food has, or is it just straight up whatever calories it says on there? That's all you're counting. Well, I, one good way to do it for body recomposition is, is set your protein at 50% of your calories. That's, like, okay. one, you know, so and a lot of people are looking to, like, you know, do some form of recomposition. Like most people want to like lose a little fat and gain a little bit of muscle. You yeah. know, um, now you could do both more efficiently on their own. If you really want to drop body fat quickly, sure. Just focus on dropping body fat. Yeah. If you really want to gain muscle as quickly as possible, put yourself in a, you know, bigger surplus. But if you start with that idea of like take half your fat from protein or sorry, half your calories from protein and then split the rest. Like I like a, maybe like a 45 or 50% protein and then like 30% carbs and, you know, 20% fat. Okay. But, but I would say it's up. It depends on the person, right? Yeah. It depends on the person. Some people like more fat. Some people like less fat. Maybe you're working out more. You want more carbohydrates. And on the goals. You have to um, experiment with yourself. And also like 300 grams of protein for me is even high. Like start with a gram of protein per pound of body weight. But if you add more protein in, like it has a bigger protein has a thermogenic effect okay. on your body. You know, you, you heat up eating protein. You burn more calories when you eat yeah. calories of protein. Okay. So, um, you know, it's, and it's harder for your body to convert that protein into uh, fat ultimately. Like it's just a much longer process that, yeah. that you know, requires also more burning calories to get to the point where you're actually storing it at excess body fat. So, that's why I'm always like, you know, the higher you crank that protein, the you know, you're just going to be leaner over time. Okay. All right. So for like weight loss per se, uh, what is the easiest breakfast? Like you could say, like you have 10 minutes. What is something that that's good and healthy? Uh, non-fat Greek yogurt and frozen blueberries is one. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe magic spoon cereal. I mean, that's something that like, like I can make in two minutes. Like, uh-huh. and that's, it's something I'll like. I now I add a little bit more to that. I'll put like Greek yogurt, blueberries, some peanut butter powder, and peanut butter magic spoon cereal. But the way I make it, it has like 60 grams of protein. But it's just okay. literally 
go, blah, blah, plop the yogurt in, uh-huh. throw some berries in. But Greek yogurt is something that just has a shit ton of protein in it. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, what about for like a lunch? Like a, a quick meal prep? They... Um, I would say rice, veggies, and meat. You know, can't go wrong okay. with that. Like I, I, I like to, you know, prep like meat, like chicken, steak, pork chops, have that ready, do a bunch of it at once. So you're just grabbing that piece, you know, yeah. whether it's a chicken breast or you can weigh it out or whatever. But like if you have a, like a Tupperware container full of a meat that you yeah. cook at the beginning of the week, it's just, you're not going to think about it. And then you can put, you can buy little like rice bowls, like BB go rice bowls or these. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah I've seen them. And, um, you know, you add in some, some broccoli and, you know, you have a filling. You're good to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. And for dinner, do you do the same or do you try and, would you try and like switch it up? What would be another, like, you know? Um, probably try to taper off my carbohydrates a little bit. So I'd be eating like, um, now, and that's all to say, like, I don't go like, you have to eat dinner. You have to eat breakfast. Like, yeah, I'll switch up the food. I feel like eating oh, fucking okay. you know, for breakfast. I'll do it. You know, yeah. I feel like eating the, the frozen yogurt or the, the Greek yogurt at night. I'll do it. So it's just a matter of hitting my calorie totals at night. But a traditional thing for me would be like, you know, f- like eating a nice piece of meat mm-hmm. um, or like egg whites with some sort of sauce on it. You know, like, like I'll use like barbecue sauce to make things taste better because it's like not that many calories. And then you're like, I, Tastes a little bit like barbecue. Yeah. Um, but trick yourself a bit. Like, you just can't go wrong to me. If you're trying to get lean, like, you know, steak, chicken, or pork with a side of vegetables. Because really, you know, what you're trying to do when losing weight is, like, eat foods that have a low calorie density, like vegetables, so that okay. you're filling your stomach up and you feel full and it's not that many calories. And you it's, know, you yeah. It's little the- cups of vegetables and it's only, like, 40 or 50 calories, you know? Yeah. Awesome, dude. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Um, the next thing, uh, before we go, um, there was talks about your podcast, about you having a podcast <laughs> sometime. Yes. Okay. So, it's in the works. I'm, I'm literally meeting. I mean, it's. I'm not going to rush it, like, you know, for the sake of, like, oh, it's going to be out next week, and it's going to yeah. be happening. We're making the set. We're making. Um, Is it in Thick Boy Studios? Yes, it's going to be shot oh, at yeah. studios. It's going to be, you know, so we're, we're, I'm literally meeting with, you know, people. I had my first, like, phone meeting. I'm going in there tomorrow, and we're just going to go over everything and make sure everything's right, you know? Yeah, hell so, yeah. Premieres, it, it looks nice. And Do you have a name yet? Mm-hmm. You have? Okay. Obviously, yeah. we, we got to keep that on the low. You keep it on the low, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is it going to be... What are what are going to be the topics on there? A lot of health and fitness. Um, yeah, fitness is a way into like everything in life. You know, like mm-hmm. fitness to talk about life philosophies and um, current events, and just try to like use my interest and passion for fitness to kind of you know give people inspiration or dissect certain things that are happening in the world through the lens of of fitness. So I, you know, it's going to be somewhat open ended. I think that's like a starting point, kind of like you know you, when you hear like for example, I watched Chael Sonnen. You know, on, on YouTube, he uses MMA as a starting point to kind of like tell stories about his life or kind of, you know, give uh, psychological insight into, you know, human behavior. So yeah. to me, I don't want to just I'm not going to it's not going to just going to be like, you know, here's how to get lean. And yeah. here's <laughs> what to do. Like, 
because there's already a million channels like that. So I feel like all I can do is offer my unique perspective on what I know, how I, you know, what, what I can offer to you, um, you know, in a sort of unique and entertaining way. Hell yeah, dude. I'm looking forward to that. I'm pretty sure you're yeah. going to add a lot of your humor on there. Maybe make it get some right. that. That's the plan. It's just like, I just, you know, I'm going to try to be me and, and yeah. talk about things that, that I care about and try to, you know, impart um, some of these concepts on people in ways that like I wish somebody had explained to me, yeah. you know, but, but I'm going to try to not be repetitive as far as what else is out there in the world already. Okay. Okay. And is it going to be like a solo one or are you going to have a weekly guest? Uh, it's going to start out solo and then have more guests. Okay. Hell yeah, yeah dude. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's awesome. You, you're actually only my second real guest, to be honest. So, oh. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be many more to come. Yeah, it's still but getting it's there, not, man. You don't want to be reliant on guests totally. And, and, you know, like, I'm sure you have a lot to say about many things. So I think it's good to, like, you know, develop your own perspective and let yeah. people on and you it's know. just a lot of nonsense that I talk on here, man. That's basically <laughs> a lot of silly shit. Like the name literally says it all, dude. Like yeah. last week I was talking about how um, I had the stomach virus and it got to the point where I literally had to crawl from my toilet to my bathtub. And I was leaning over my bathtub, like just contemplating life. Like I had never felt so defeated in my life before because uh-huh. I was like throwing up. I wasn't throwing shit up because like even water, man, I couldn't hold it in. So, yeah. and then I had it coming out of both ends and I was just leaning over the tub. I was like, dude, this is so fucking miserable, man. Like I wanted to cry cause like I was that defeated. That's the kind of shit that I talk yeah. about. <laughs> I talk <Okay>. about <laughs> people appreciate the honesty because yeah, in that position you do want yeah. to die. You're like, you know what? I think dying actually might, might be pretty good at this point. It might be know? better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know if it has. <laughs> and I don't know if it has to do with because like I am 31 now, which is still young as fuck, right? Like Chris Elia says, I still feel like the youngest man alive. Um, yeah, and um, I never, dude. I used to just get a bug and then just go diary it out, and I'm good, I'm set. But this shit, man, it fucked me up for like a whole day, dude. It, it was yeah. terrible, man. Yeah, because you're an old man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Thanks, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Well, again, man, I really appreciate you coming on. And yeah. um, I'm looking forward to... Do, do you have a, a timetable of when yours might come uh, out? Three or four weeks. Three or four oh, weeks. shit. Oh, that, dude, yeah. That's right around the corner. Yeah. Damn, Setting hell yeah. All up, trying to do it right. Hell yeah, man. Well, I, have, yeah. I hope you have a good night. Thanks for, again, coming on here and yeah. being the badass that you are because I reached out to you fucking... Like I said, man, like the first and second episode after I saw you on the Mega Man podcast. And yeah. I felt kind of like a dick screenshotting that and like being like, you said you were going to come on, you know, uh, like fucking two months uh, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I said, I come, I come on. You know? Yeah. 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 And I was like a little drunk. So I felt I, I got a little courageous. I was like, fuck, I really want him on. You know, I really want to talk to him because the last guest, dude, it was terrible because, well, the, the guest was awesome. It was. It's uh, yeah. um, it, it was a uh, uh, Ricky from a band ca- called Camera Cult, um, but the shit I didn't like about it is hearing myself back just interrupting and and kind of trying to talk over, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like it was so cringe the whole entire time. So yeah. I'm glad that I got to do it a little bit better with you. I hope, 
And I hope yeah, you enjoy it. Hell yeah, man. Well, have a good one, man. And, and leash up them cats, bro. You don't need your <laughs> pussy just exactly. running around town, man. Like, hell yeah. All right, buddy. Right, take we'll care, man. Soon. We'll we'll